Hey, so how's it going? It's going. I'm exhausted, but it's going well. How are you? I mean, I don't know why you'd be so tired. Moving apartments is not that exhausting. Especially, didn't you pay someone else to do it? I will come through <laughs> this phone. Through this phone? <laughs> Whatever we're on. I don't even know. I will First come through this machine. I will have you know that yesterday I climbed 30 flights of stairs. I took 13,629 steps. Holy moly. And I burned 1,100 calories. Look at you, fancy. Mm-hmm. I worked my ass off. And then today, I did it again. And then today, it's been so hot that I'm just, like, pouring sweat. If I step outside, I just start pouring sweat. My phone has been giving me a heat advisory. Mm-hmm. And I just laugh. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, just not exist? Like, thanks mm-hmm. for the heads up phone. But, like, what are my other fucking options? You don't have any. <laughs> this is it. So, Aaron, when you and I picked this movie two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we did not expect everything that's happened with Simone Biles. No, I wasn't at all. Um, but I also can't say I'm mad about it at all. I, I'm not at all. Um, and... I just and watching like, women's gymnastics, even without Simone Biles, has been absolutely incredible. Um, I think watching it without Simone Biles has been even more incredible because there's this element of like everything is different now. Like, yeah, cheers and for Suni, Suni Lee. Oh my god, yeah, she's incredible. Also, though, Michaela Skinner, like Michaela Skinner, who won silver, like she's so good. And the best, like, I really think the best part about it has been watching Simone. First of all, my the highlight of my Olympics this year has been as horrible as it is that the families can't be there. We get to see these huge viewing parties, and they cut to the viewing party with the whole family, and it doesn't even matter. If it's in the U.S. or the U.K., like wherever it is, uh-huh. it makes me cry every single yes. time. Hands yes. down, to see these parents and family and friends like screaming. It's it it like warms my cold dead heart. It makes me so happy. But watching the families watch, but also watching Simone Biles on the floor with her team, watching her team win uh-huh. is insane it's so good. oh yeah you can hear her cheers in every uh-huh. time every time the u.s is up you hear simone over everybody yeah yeah um and that so- is that like i have to say when i've and if i if i don't do something because of my mental health it's usually because like i'm in the trash can right which means I'm not going to show up or do anything. I'm going to be in bed right. wrapped up like a burrito in the dark. And she, and you know, p- people that grow when they get up off the couch have been the loudest to say that she's not, that she sh- should stick it out or whatever. Fuck off. Um, they keep calling it quitting. Yeah, no. Um, but she gets up and she shows up for them every single day. 
Well, I read an interview with Michaela Skinner that just made me cry because she had packed her bags and was like on her way to the airport when mm -hmm. she got a text that said, Simone may not compete. She says you need to come back. Like when Simone Biles realized that something was, was wrong and that she couldn't land the vaults that she mm -hmm. had been practicing, her first thought, like the first thing she said was, Michaela needs to come back. She can compete. Like her first thought was of someone else. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you have it in your notes, but um, I keep going back to the 96 Olympics. Um, I don't, I don't have it in my notes, but I do want to talk about that. And I think I want to talk about it at the top. Like, okay. I think this is a good place for it. I keep going back to the 96 Olympics. Um, I was at the 96 Olympics. I did not see this event in person, but I did go to other events. Um, I was there in Atlanta and Carrie Stroud in a move that at the time was celebrated, in, including and myself, was celebrating and being like, oh my God, I can't believe she's so strong. Like, look at what she did. And now looking back through the lens of like my age and experience and whatnot with life, I'm like, oh my God, get that girl off the floor. What is she doing? As especially because she could have not taken her second vault and we still would have won. Yeah. And I mean, I know that they didn't, because I did research this. Mm -hmm. I know that they didn't know at the time that the Russians that we were against were not going to land a good vault because um, in the 96 Olympics, there were still seven gymnasts. Now we're down to just four. Um, and so to kind of average out the scores, they scrapped, they dropped the lowest and the highest score mm -hmm. so that you got like the good strong average, middle. Yeah. Um, and so they could have just dropped her zero for not competing. Mm -hmm. And we still would have led by like three points, but, yeah. and they didn't know that, but she even asked, do I have to do this? And Bella Carilli said, Yes, you yeah. do. Um, and so, looking yeah. back at that as a 2021 lens, we see how exploitive women's gymnastics has always been. Especially that we were told to celebrate girl. this 17 year old girl put everything at risk, quote, for her country. And she never, she's never competed again, ever. No, no. And, um, you know, and this doesn't just go for the U.S. because I saw and this is in men's gymnastics, there, there's a men's gymnastics competitor from um, ROC, the uh, uh -huh. Russian Olympic Committee, who just had his ACL replaced like three months ago and is competing. And I was like, that guy's insane. Yeah. Like he is there like AMA against medical advice. His doctors are like, don't do it. And he's there. Yep. And I'm like, yep. I can't even watch the men's gymnastics now because I don't want to, I don't want to have one of those TV moments, like in sports ball and other stuff where something catastrophic happens and you can like see someone's bone and shit. It happens occasionally. And like, that's that kind of energy I get uh -huh. from that whole vibe. I'm just like, yep. no. <laughs> um, no. I do want to talk real quick about Novak Djokovic, um, mm -hmm. who thought that he was going to be, first of all, he has a horrible track record. Anybody who gave him the floor, like he was known to have punched somebody in the throat several years ago, whenever he didn't like the outcome of a match, but 
he got up and told Simone Biles in an interview that uh, if you want to be the best, you have to learn how to deal with the pressure, blah, blah, blah. And then fucking botched his bronze medal match and th- broke one of his rackets, threw another one into the audience. There's a picture of him having a breakdown hissy fit crying at his chair. Oh, I and saw. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I know. I'm like, what's up, bro? You can't handle the pressure. You can't handle the pressure. Oh, um, that's so and then weird. He's, and then he dropped out of his doubles match, meaning that after all that, when he talked shit on Simone Biles, he you he now put he now put his partner where his partner is not gonna be able to get a bronze medal in doubles. Like, <laughs> and I also want to shout out the fencing team. So, oh yes, they're they're. Alan? I almost. Alan Hadzik is a member of the U.S. men's fencing team. He has a current sexual assault charge. But he was allowed to go to the Olympics and compete for reasons that I don't understand and never will. Because it wasn't pot. And and he's not a black woman. But his teammates, in showing solidarity with his victim and women everywhere, have... A, refused to socialize with him at all. And at all. Two, they wear pink masks in support of um, of sexual women, abuse victims. Of, of sexual abuse victims. Like, that kind of that kind of show of strength is, like, really incredible to me. Those guys don't, like, they they're not going to lose anything if they don't do it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And this guy's just a dick wagon. I hope he goes to jail. There's also a swimmer, or I think it's a swimmer. There's somebody that was there on that was at the attack on January sixth, wearing an Olympic jacket. Are you fucking kidding me? No, and was I still allowed know to that. compete. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Um, our homegirl Katie Ledecky, while you're looking that up, yeah. oh, has become her. the most decorated woman in individual, or the most decorated swimmer in individual swimming in history. Um, and when someone asked her if she, if this was going to be her last Olympics and she was going to retire, she just laughed and she was like, swimming's kind of the like easiest thing on your body. As far as the Olympics go, like I could go one more round. Like what's wrong with you? (laughs) Okay. This kid's name is Cleet Keller. Okay. Why did you name your child after a shoe? I don't know. He has, not only is he a, an Olympic gold medalist now, I still think in swimming, I'm really not sure. He has also been charged with obstructing law enforcement, civil disorder, knowingly entering a restricted building without lawful authority, violent entry, and disorderly contact, disorderly conduct on capital grounds. Why are these people allowed to do this? I don't That's get unacceptable. It. Is it because they're straight white men? That's fucked up. Get yeah. him out of there. Yes, he is a swimmer. Ugh, get him out of there. I cannot believe that. And he just looks like a dick. Well, why do we why are we sending felons to the fucking Olympics and but yet we're disqualifying someone that smoked some pot when their mom died? Get right. bent. That's stupid. Um <sighs> also, and <laughs> one thing I can say for you for our friends for dr sarah is that we are happy to celebrate all olympic victories like while yes we want america because we are some 
somehow suddenly very patriotic. But Listen, like this when is the only time every four years that I'm ever right, patriotic. <laughs> when the Philippines won their first ever gold medal, I celebrated I for them like it was my own victory. Like how incredible. I cried. I love I love stories like that where they win the first gold medal. And especially a country like the Philippines that has such a storied past and like civil disorder uh-huh. and and like they haven't been able to go to many Olympics, which is why this is just now their first medal. It is so if if I'm feeling as proud as I'm feeling, I can imagine the people of the Philippines feel that like tenfold. And yes. It, it brings them together. It's like how I feel when Simone Biles or Michael Phelps or Katie Ledecky or, you know, one of those people wins a gold medal, you know? Yes. 100%. Um, and then the last people I want to shout out are the, um, <laughs> the Olympic high jumpers, um, Gianmarco <laughs> Tambury of Italy and Mustas Essa Barshim of Qatar who tied mm-hmm. for gold and oh, per cool. Olympic rules, they had to, each try three times for the next highest um, mm-hmm. bar, like the next highest yeah. setting on the bar. Um, so they tried the three times, neither one of them can make it. And then they had the options of either like in the rule book, it says they either have to have a jump off or they can agree to share the gold. And they literally like no words exchanged, looked at each other, smiled real big and then said, we'll take two golds, please. And the picture of them hugging each other and celebrating their combined victory, like he, Oh, look how precious. That's so pure. There uh, was another is. swimming. There was another swimming. Um, there, look, oh, look. they're so cute. <laughs> there was another swimming competition. It was a, it was a women's swimming competition where, um, Oh God, I'm going to butcher it. I think it was like an, I think it was either an Australia and our girl from New Zealand won. And the two U.S. swimmers are like holding up her hands and are like smiling bigger than she, like she's in shock. And I just, this is why I love the Olympics. Like it pull, I root for everybody. Yes. I want the U.S. to win because it's a weird like country thing, but I, I don't care. I just want, I just want to see people win and be so happy because I feel like it's the best of the best of the best and everybody's happy for each other. Uh huh. Not me. Yes. And well, and you know, these competitors, we only ever see the Olympics every four years. This is something I was talking to Sarah about. We only see the Olympics every four years. All the time. All the time, because they're competing in the worlds and in like, there are so many. And the swimmers have the Pan Pacific Championship in in, like on top of the worlds. So, Mm -hmm. like, Katie Ledecky competes against the same people all the time. You have to form a bond with these people that you're competing with. And, you know, like I can imagine that, that it is a shared victory because you're like, Oh my God, I can remember when she was ninth place the first time we ever raced each other. Mm -hmm. And now she's gold medal. Like that girl has worked so fucking hard. It's somebody that you, that you know so well and you see all the time and, and and it's it's every I feel like everyone is elevated to the stage where the whole world is watching, and so you kind of have an even playing field in that regard. Uh-huh. And no matter who wins, everyone's going to be super happy. Lastly, I just want to shout out real quick Coach Popovich, who's coaching the men's U.S. basketball team. Like, good luck. Um, 
we love yeah. Coach Pop here. We want you to run for president, but you know, I guess coaching the men's Olympic basketball team is fine for now. <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right. Well, we are now 15 minutes in. So tell me about yeah. this movie because I have a hundred pages of notes to share with you. Okay. I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, this week I watched, I didn't even write down the title of this movie. I just wrote Simone Biles. <laughs> <laughs> I hold think on. it's named after hold her on, book. Hold on. I have it. <laughs> um, is it called Courage to Soar? It's called the Simone Biles story, Courage to Soar. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it stars Giante Godlock. Um, she plays Simone Biles. She's from Daybreak and Sellout. Julius Tenen, he plays Ron Biles. He is from Dazed and Confused, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, Small Soldiers and Faster. Tisha Campbell, she plays Nellie Biles. Um, she was in Martin, which was a, such a funny show with Martin Lawrence. I love that was. show. It was so good. Um, Little a Shop horrible of history off of it. Oh, wait, who is this? Uh, Tisha Campbell. Okay, I was about to tell you about Tisha Campbell because I'd miss that that's who this was. Uh-huh. She's one of my favorite actresses. I she's, love her. She was great in this movie. Um, and she's also from House Party, which if you haven't seen House Party, like what are you doing with your life? So right? funny. Go watch it. She's also um, in my favorite Disney Channel original movie, Lemonade Mouth. She's the music teacher that puts the band together. That would be your favorite movie. Right? <laughs> no, it, I mean, she's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so she, back in the 90s, sued Martin, the executives, mm-hmm. um, her co-star for sexual harassment. Um, the last season, she had it written into her contract that she and Martin Lawrence wouldn't be, Martin Lawrence was her co-star, right? Yeah. I'm always afraid I won't say the wrong Martin. Um, wouldn't appear on like on set at the same time because mm-hmm. of the mistreatment she faced. Wow. And that's kind of why the show ended. But like she has been able to forgive him that abuse and move forward. And they are friendly. I don't think they'll ever be friends. But that just shows an incredible strength that she found forgiveness and moved forward because... I think I would hate everybody forever. Um, so I just really love her. Um, yeah. I did not realize that about Martin. I loved that show. I never really realized while it, why, blah, 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 why it ended. Um, so we also have Raven Bowen. She played Adria, blah, Adria Biles. I cannot talk. She is from All Rise, Future Man and Insecure. And finally, we have Kathleen Rose Perkins. She plays Amy Borman. She's from the Island, Gone Girl, and The Better Half. So they get some really like top-notch actors on this. They have some really good actors. They have really good music. There are two songs that you're going to recognize in this movie. Two. Wow. Two songs. When um, you're representing Simone, though, you have to pull out all the stops. Sorry. You just you have do. to. You do. I mean, when, you, when, you're, when you're doing a movie about the goat, you, you got to, yeah. Gotta bring the money. We open with actual footage of Simone Biles winning the gold medal at the Olympics. And then immediately we cut back to young Simone and her sisters running around outside while a social worker talks to them about putting them in foster care. Simone's older sister, Ashley, insists that she can care for the kids, but the social worker is like, no, your mom needs help. And we fast forward to the year 2000. 
Um, I don't think it's a fast forward. I thought it was, but it wasn't. It was just, it was, we we're just at the Biles home in Spring, Texas. Simone's okay. grandfather answers the phone to the news that his grandchildren are in foster care. So he goes to pick them up in Ohio. This is okay. the cutest thing. And it made me cry. So, and I'm like five minutes into this movie. So he Great. is like talking to the, he's talking to the social worker and the foster mom about everybody. And Simone kind of runs up to him and he picks up a smiling Simone and he, she looks at him like all cute. And he's like, you will not steal my heart, Miss Simone. And then he kisses her on the cheek. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, but she's going to steal your heart. <laughs> she steals everybody's heart. <laughs> so Simone moves to Texas. Her grandparents have a trampoline and she is transfixed. She starts jumping and doing split jumps and pikes. And then we see a lot of home video type footage of the kids growing up with their grandparents and what life was like in their home. One day the kids come home from school and their mom is there. Everyone is happy to see her except Simone. Ashley and Tevin, her older siblings, tell their grandparents that they really want to go home to Ohio. Um, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to discuss it. And then they send her off to bed um, and they talk about it. Her grandfather is pretty adamant that the kids should go home. Um, but the grandmother's like, no, we are, we shouldn't send them home. Like, what are we going to do? You know, your, you know, your daughter just got out of rehab. She, her sobriety is not stable enough to send these kids back to her. Four kids is a lot of kids. Which right. Is true. <laughs> Four kids is so many kids. Um, but the kids have to go back to Ohio and baby Simone is not happy at all. Poor little bean. Everybody cries, myself included. And when they get to Ohio, the social worker is not at all jazzed about the situation. But Ashley and Tevin keep insisting they want to go home. So what they have to do instead, because their mom has been found, she's not able to pass a drug test. so They can't go back to her house. Right. So her two older siblings go to live with their grandfather's sister in Ohio, where they can be close to their mom. Okay. And then then the grandfather takes Simone and Adria back to Texas. Okay. Raise them. Um, And I just wrote here, I know adoption and foster care issues are extremely complicated and convoluted and involve a lot of emotional labor from everyone involved. Uh, And I want to be cognizant of that. But in this situation, baby Simone is happy. So I'm happy for her. Right. And (laughs) so, you know, it's not a secret that Sarah and I are currently in foster training. Um, and that our, our son came to us through a foster care type situation. Um, and it is a very difficult decision to split up sibling sets. And there is so much in that, um, that I just, for a, for a caseworker to have to make that decision and for, you know, because it's not just a caseworker, it's them and their supervisor and a judge and a a whole team of people who are looking out for children's welfare, make these kinds of decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, and for them to come to that is just a hard conclusion. And sometimes it's because certain children thrive when they are apart because of the amount of abuse or neglect that they suffered, that they need some individualized attention. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's that the individual needs, like in this case, Simone made it clear she did not need to be around her mom. Um, 
And that that's what's so is, interesting to me. And they don't dive into that. And I don't know if you have any more information about her early life and like what it was, but they make it very clear in the movie that she does not want to be anywhere near her mom really, but they don't ever say why they don't. I don't have that information. I think it is in her book, but I didn't have time to read her entire memoir and cry the whole way through it. <laughs> um, but um, it's, it's interesting and, and difficult when they have to go through these kinds of situations. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, this is the cutest thing and it makes me, it made me cry again. So the kids all hug and say goodbye. And we fast forward a little bit later, Simone and Adria are officially adopted by their grandparents. So baby Simone is like in the bathroom, she's brushing her teeth and she's like looking in the mirror and she's like, she's like testing out the words. She's like, mom, dad. And then, um, and then she's like, mom, dad, mom, dad. And so then she like calls down the hall. She's like, mom. And her grandmother slash mom answers. She's like, yes, Simone, what do you need? And then she's like, dad. And he answers. She's like, yeah, what do you need, Simone? And she's like, nothing. And she goes back to brushing her. It's so sweet. It made me cry again. I cried like a hundred times in this movie. That's that's an interesting way to show. Every kid has (laughs) that flip at some point. Yeah. That's an interesting way to show that flip. I love that. I thought it was so cute. Um. So Simone's older brother um, takes her to a gymnastics training center because she likes to jump on the trampoline. She's always tumbling around the house. So he's like, I think you'd like it here. Like, let's go play. Right. She gets noticed immediately by a coach who's like, um, excuse me. She's real good. How long has she been taking gymnastics classes? And her brother's like, she doesn't take gymnastics classes. And just like that, the the goat is born. Yeah. <laughs> they immediately, immediately. So she's taken on by Coach Amy. So this is the thing. Like, Coach Amy is with her from the time she's six years old through the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to talk about that, too, because that has to be a special bond. Yeah. She became the Olympic head coach. Mm-hmm. when Simone yeah. was on the Olympic team last time. And the only reason they split was in 2017, Simone took a sabbatical, mm-hmm. uh, like took a hiatus from gymnastics and Amy moved to Florida to be with her family. Um, yeah. But from six years old to close. 21. Yeah. 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 That's a long time. So immediately they start asking her dad and I, and I do switch from grandfather to father and mother. So that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Because that's how she addresses them. So, right. Um, they immediately start asking her dad about putting her on the junior Olympic track, and it's so funny because the like the head of the gymnastics place comes out and they're like, "Has Simone given any thought to joining the junior Olympics track?" And he's like, "Simone is six. She doesn't <laughs> think about anything." <laughs> right. right. Simone is thinking she wants another peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um. And he's like, you don't have to upsell me. Like, it's fine. And they're like, no, she's actually like incredibly good. And we really want to put her on this thing. So he goes and talks to the gym moms about like what it means to be on the junior Olympic track. And they run down the time commitment and the skills needed to join the team. And I assume that this rundown is more for the audience's knowledge than for anything else. Right. Because it's like they have I imagine to, be able that- to do a round off and a back handspring and like da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, nobody cares. Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, um, the moms go on to complain about how hard it is to level up in the program, and then they're like, 
hey, which kid is yours? Like, it's so cute that you're here, you know? And, right. Um, he's like, oh, that one over there. And he points out Simone, who's executing a flawless vault. And just like that, the moms are like, <laughs> <laughs> And later, as they're leaving, he runs up, or Simone runs up to him and tells him and everyone else behind him, including all the moms, that she's moving up to level five. No big deal. What? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so cute. So teeny tiny Simone is now competing with the big kids. She's amazing because of course she is, but she falls down when she's trying a new skill. And this will become a thing. Like the bars are apparently not her strongest. The uneven bars are never her strong suit ever. See, it makes me laugh because, and I, t- I put this later, but I'll just take it out. Uneven bar. When I did gymnastics before I chose dance as like the track, because I was not very good at tumbling. I mean, I was okay, but not great. Right. Uneven bars was like my thing. I could do uneven bars all day long. I loved them. But all that floor routine, like I could, that, that's the stuff I could have never done. It just, right. makes, it's just so funny. Like uh-huh. I'm sure that I could, I couldn't com- ever have uh, competed with Simone Biles and uneven bars, even on my best day, but still. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, because I just flat out said uneven bars are not her thing. Like, I'm going to get my fat ass up there and, like, do one bar. (laughs) I still remember loving it, except I hated how they callous at my hands so bad. Um, So, her coach, so she she falls off the bars, and then her coach is like, um, you know, here's some water. You've got to get back up there. And she's like, I don't want to. And she's like, well, you got to do it anyway. And she fusses, but, you know, she's Simone Biles, so she nails it. And she gets to learn a lesson about getting back up when you fall. Um, more videos of Simone practicing in early competitions. I'm assuming these are actual videos, except the ones that are really highly produced. Um, right. Simone leaves practice one night with Amy and walks by the coordinator of the U.S. Olympic team, Marta Kuhl. Marta Carello? Caroli. Caroli. Thank you. I have her name typed down below me. I have her name typed down below. I just didn't type it here. Um, When she gets home, Simone's mom gives her a notebook and tells her that she wants her to start writing down all of her dreams. So she writes, I want a dog. (laughs) And And I was like, been there. (laughs) Um, Later, mom lays in bed and ponders the age old question of, are we doing a good job? Dad is not at all concerned about this issue and assures her that they are doing very well as parents and the kids are getting exactly what they need. But she does this thing that I've done where like, she's like, yeah, I mean, Simone has focused on gymnastics, but like, what if she was a really great soccer player? And he's like, she doesn't want to play soccer, but what if she was really good at, you know? Right. <laughs> And I, I've done that so many times. It's like, are we are we pushing them by focusing them on in one skill, or are we hurting them? Um, Simone and her friend are practicing a dance routine in their driveway, and two dudes who look like they've never actually gotten off their couch before stroll by and remark about Simone's body type. And you know what? I'm not here for it. No. Like, you probably groan when you have to reach too far for the remote control, so you can absolutely get wrecked. 
Simone gets all self-conscious and her friend who is amazing is like, screw them. Those people are the worst. They suck. They're terrible. Um, Simone's mom, meanwhile, is very worried about her and goes to see her coach. The coach levels with her and tells her how amazing Simone is. But her mom is like, I really wonder what the cost will be, which given what has happened over the last week, I found it incredibly poignant Uh that they were having this conversation. Yes. Um, Simone gets in her head about her competition and lack of friends, et cetera. So her dad is like, you know what? If you make this qualifier that you've been working for, we'll get you a dog, which is the world's best motivator. Hands down. Yeah. Um, the bars are still Simone's least favorite. Um, but she needed a 34 to qual- to get to the qualifier and she gets a 38 and a German shepherd named Maggie. <laughs> Perfect. So Simone doesn't get invited to a training with Marta uh, Caroli that she was really looking forward to. And she overhears her parents talking about slowing down the gymnastics and getting her tested for ADHD. Unfortunately, um, because she overhears this, it doesn't go well. Um, these parents, though, are, like, incredible. Um, they get along so well. Um, it's bizarre. Yeah. Like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, why aren't they yelling at each other? I don't get it. <laughs> um, so mom is still super nervous about Simone, and she goes to talk to Simone's coach again. And Amy doubles down, and so she knows that she can get Simone to where she needs to be, and if she needs help, she'll bring in other coaches. Um, but then she drops the bomb that Simone really needs to step up her training and work on her difficulty scores. So we get another training montage. Um, Simone's sister steals her dream journal and teases her about wanting to go to the London Olympics. Unfortunately, Simone will only be 15 and the age requirement of the London, the London Olympics is 16. And so she cries about how old she'll be at, at Rio, which if you're doing the math and following along, she'll be 19. Right, right. Um, and her mom is like age doesn't matter a dream is a dream and she sends everyone to bed so Simone takes her journal and she writes real Olympics 2016 in it she finally gets invited to uh, Marta Caroli's camps Um, there's an amazing montage of a ton of different gymnasts doing incredible vaults and floor routines and beam moves it's like great Marta's not very impressed with her at first um Back at home, her mom is still on the ADHD thing. And Simone is like, I cannot take medicine and compete. It wouldn't be right. But her mom convinced her and she says she'll try. So back at the gym, she's still struggling with the bars. And her coach explains how power gymnasts do not are. Shit. Her coach explains how power gymnasts do have a hard time with it because the bar is something you can't control. You have to let it control you. Yeah. Um, Okay. And because she's like a power gymnast and she's the power gymnast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like, it's just not her strong suit. Um, Marta's there and tells coach Amy that Simone's got to master the vault. Her um, coach. So they talk about the Aminar because Marta wants to see it at, and Simone's like, no, that's how people break their necks, which is true. Um, And just for people that aren't obsessed with this stuff. And Aminar is a vault that is a round off 
onto the springboard, a back handspring onto the vault, uh, two and a half twists and a back layout salto. So she's not wrong. That is how people break their neck. (laughs) Right. At the competition, Simone does well in the bars, but unfortunately she does not do the MNR and she does not make the junior or she does not make it to junior junior nationals. Um, Marta Caroli kind of snubs her and tells her that she's not ready to listen. Um, Simone calls who I'm assuming is her brother about the situation. And he tells her that this will be her year to work hard and get better on her own. He tells her to quote, be undeniable. I love that. Mm -hmm. Simone goes to the gym and her darling friends send her a super sweet message about how she's always their queen and to keep working. The coach arrives at the gym and is like, how did you get in here? (laughs) (laughs) And Simone's like semantics. We have work to do. So, um, Simone and her sister go school shopping, but it turns out they don't need to because Simone has to go to homeschool. And I get why, but also like, why? Right. (laughs) Simone is also not pleased with the situation. She cries that she wants a real life, but she has to choose. Um, She decides to do homeschooling, but she fails. (laughs) That's so funny. She fails because her dad was in charge and she was supposed to be online for school at a certain time, which her father and I do agree defeats the purpose of homeschooling. Right. So her mom is like, dad, you're fired. We're going to hire like a real tutor. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Thing. Um, Simone goes to training and she is in a mood. So, you know, she takes it out of the floor this time like she's supposed to. She goes to nationals and gets selected for the junior team, finally. Um, But she also kind of falls out with her friends, which is so sad. Um, The next time she goes to practice, she's like a total bitch because she's, you know, she's dealing with teenager shit and also, you know, qualifying for the Olympics, which I'm sure is a lot to handle. Um, Right. I can't imagine why. I do it all the time. I qualified for three Olympics this morning. (laughs) So they get into it and Simone leaves practice and her mom like goes to pick her up and she's like, it's going to be okay. You know, um, Simone goes to another competition. She doesn't do well. And so they get her a mental training coach to try and help her get out of her own head. And I'm like, Oh, uh-huh. therapy. That's what I'm going to call my therapist from now on. My mental training coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like it. <laughs> um, he tells her, he's like, well, you know, why do you, why do, you do gymnastics? And she's like, I do it because it's fun. And he's like, okay, well, you know, did you have fun at the last competition? And he, she's like, no, it sucked. I hated it. And he's like, okay. So maybe, like, try to do something that will make it fun again. And so Marta tells her to own up to her talent because she can do things that literally no one else can which is the goddamn truth. And so right. they start working again. And now they're working on all the things I feel like we as lay people know Simone Biles for. Yes. The crazy jumps, the big floor routines, all of that. So Marta tells her she's doing this um, this routine that's like a handspring into like a double layout something. And Marta's like, you know, if you nail that at nationals, they'll name it after you. Um, and she's really excited. So basically 
if they name a stunt after you, it's because you're the first person to complete it within a yes. national competition. Um, so within a FIG Cup competition. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, do 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 do. So we cut to the world, and Simone wins. I mean, she just she just decimates everyone. She wins. Um, and Marta tells Coach Amy she's doing a good job too, which is probably nice to hear because she's never said it to her before. <laughs> right. Um, she goes out to lunch. Oh no, I'm sorry. The next day or the week later, whatever. Um, Simone arrives at the gym and she's talking to all the little you know kid gymnasts, and um, Coach Amy quits. She goes out to lunch with Simone's mom and she's like, look, I don't, I didn't see this coming, but I want Simone and Adria to come with me wherever I go. And she's like, well, where are you going to go? And she's like, I don't know yet. And Simone's mom is like, you know what? Let's build a gym. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> um... So they invest in a new property and start building a gym. Um, an Italian gymnast makes racist comments on Twitter, which is super not okay and gross. Yeah. And I hate it. Yep. Canceled. Uh, yeah. Um, and Simone also injures her shoulder and they want her to take a six month break. And Simone is like super pissed. And this was the funniest moment because so it's Simone and Amy and Marta and they're all talking and she's like, they're like, you know, they're saying six months and someone's like, I am not sitting up for six months. Like, fuck that, whatever. And right. Marta's, Marta's like, well, we're going to do an MRI to double check. But if they tell you six months, you're sitting out for six months. That's it. And then like, they're, they, they kind of move on in the conversation. And Marta's like, you know, if you wanted to get out of the bar so bad, he could have just told me. <laughs> 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 and Simone's like, oh, my God, did you just try to make a joke? I, I really love the way they portrayed Marta Caroli here. Oh, Marta Caroli. Because I'm not a fan, so. No, but she's famously a hard ass. Like a yeah. big time hard ass. Yeah. Um, and I think she's taken a lot of heat from the big bad wolf case. But. Yes. Um, and that is something, of course, that, that was not. Mentioned not, this. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Do, 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 do. Um, hold on, I lost my place. They wanted to, oh, wait, so also at home, building the gym is not going well for Simone's parents, but they're still working hard on it. So Simone is injured and her parents are stressed and things look dark, but Simone walks into the gym one day and fight song starts playing. So I know everything's going to be okay. This is my fight song. I'm done. That's Don't want to get sued. Simone's mom gives her a pendant of St. Sebastian, the patron saint of athletes. Um, so we go a traveling to competitions where Simone just wins, 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 and makes it to Olympic trials. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. what. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she's favored. Oh, no, no. Sorry. She also gets into UCLA at this time. But another wrench gets thrown into it when she gets offered a bunch of sponsorships, but she can't accept them. She wants to compete on the collegiate level. Right. So again, she has to make a choice between like normal life and 
and Simone like, Biles' bro. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So she talks to her brother again, and he kind of helps her through it, and she decides to go pro. So um, we're at the Olympics trials, and we're, she is favored to win, but she falls off the beam. However, she still wins, and she is officially on the Rio Olympics team. Her family finishes the gym. Simone's mom calls. Oh, Simone's like mother, her birth mother calls and talks to her dad. Um, she has a special K box next to her with Simone's picture on it, which is just oh. so bizarre oh. and wild. Um, Can you imagine? She, like no. you're just at at the grocery store and it's no. like, do I want Cheerios or my daughter's on a fucking box of cereal? Like- right. I guess I want special K today. Um she thinks I would put taking- the I would like like a movie. I would think I would sweep the whole row of them into my cart. Like oh, like I would uh, not. Kristen Bell. Yeah, I would not be able to resist. Like mm-hmm. this is my. I would at the checkout say be like, I made that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she finally thanks her dad for taking care of the girls and talks to Simone and tells her that she's proud. Simone and not Allie Raisman are rooming together. And they talk about their t- <laughs> <laughs> They talk about their t- like they did okay. Oh no. I mean, if you're gonna find like just try, try to find someone that looks kind of like her. You can't just pile <laughs> any girl with dark hair. Uh, hair on her head and just be done with it. You'd be right. like, hey, that's Allie right. Raisman. <laughs> oh, if we weren't going for Allie Raisman, this is Shmally Smaisman. You wouldn't know her. She goes to a different school. Um, they talk about their team name and they decide on the final five because it is Marta's last Olympics before she retires. So they will be the final five girls that she trained. Yes. It also has a dual meaning because they are the final team of five because it was already announced that the Olympics would go down to four the next time. Um, Simone's mom finds a note that Simone left for them, thanking them for believing in her. And then her dad strolls in. And so like early on in the movie, he has this thing where he's like, all the moms are wearing like t-shirts to say like gym mom. And he's like, where's a gym dad t-shirt? I like, I'll wear the hell out of that. And his wife is like, you will do no such thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so he strolls in and he's finally wearing a gym dad (laughs) t-shirt. I love that. Um, So we're in Rio. Um, They tell Marta the team name and she cries. Um, Simone walks out onto the floor and we flash back to shots of her growing up, jumping on the trampoline, um, you know, making the hard choices that she made. Um, All of this while her dad voiceover is the vow he made to them the day that she and Adria were adopted. And I would like, I was. Oh no, I can't do that. I'm so glad you watched this one because I would have (laughs) not survived. Simone takes the beam and burn by Ellie Golding plays. Um, she does the vault. I mean, we all watched the 2016 Olympics, right? She just right. won everything. Her family watches. I mean, like, I don't really re- need to recap this part, right? She wins. Right. She beats Allie Raisman by more than two points, which is uh-huh. a lot. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the scoring system because yeah. she competes under three different scoring systems and they all suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She becomes the most decorated American gymnast of all time. 
fireworks go off. You know the drill. She crosses out Rio 2016 in her journal and writes Olympics 2020 in her, in its place. And they play like over the top an interview where someone asked her how she feels about being the next My- Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt. And she says, quote, I'm not the next Michael Phelps. I'm the first Simone Biles. And, and they play a whole I just got goosebumps. Of- oh, my God. Yeah. I just got like, I wish you could see. Yeah, oh, God. They play She's so whole- great. They play a whole slideshow of the real Simone, her parents, her coach, et cetera, like all throughout the years. Um, And that is the end of this movie. Well, I appreciate you giving me time because I did give you a heads up that I had Mm -hmm. tons of notes. Yeah. Um, So. I'm excited to hear them. I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to watch this movie. But you're going to cry. So. Well, and so our little boy loves Simone Biles. He is, I mean, he will just open mouth stare while she's on TV. Um, Right. And he does gymnastics. So, um, it, Simone Biles has a very special place for that alone. Like he does gymnastics and says he's going to be like Simone, which is funny because like he doesn't care about men's gymnastics. He wants to, but, um, Right. Uh, and so uh, not only did I always love her, like it took on a new meaning whenever he just fell in love with her the first time he saw her. That is um, wonderful and so adorable and pure. And I love it. <laughs> and three-year-old toddler life, he narrates what she does. And the girl is running and she hit the jump and she jumped. And what's she doing? She flips. She going to fall. She look, that was so good. Yay. Again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yes, baby. She does it every time. Like, <laughs> can you just before the Winter Olympics? Can you get him into figure skating, please? Because I just want to right? hear his commentary on everything. I don't care about I'm, anything else. Move over, ESPN. So, yeah. I we're actually have. We're just gonna have little man just narrate the whole. Like, he's gonna recap the whole Olympics. I just want to hear his take. Um, She's running. She's flipping. She turned. She's spinning around. Yay! I love that. Do you watch much ESPN? I didn't know if during football season, if you Um, did. During football season, yeah. And during basketball season, if the Spurs are playing well. Are you familiar with the commentator, Ohm? No. Um, Oh, so Ohm is one of the commentators for ESPN and his brother's actually one of my friends. And so, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll have Patrick call Ohm and be like, Hey, we've got a kid that needs to take your spot yes. for a few days. Just there we go. that's great. <laughs> you know, it's interesting football news this week is that Texas and OU have joined the sec. And so shit's about to get real fucking. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. I cannot wait for college football season. It's going to be so much fun. I'm hoping they bring back the, the Texas and A&M game, except now that my child might go to A&M. Yeah. Listen, I'll <laughs> cheer. Course, I'll cheer. Of course, they do it the year before. Right. <laughs> I'll cheer for A and M for you because I know how how much of a sacrifice it will be for you. But I am an Aggie, so I will yeah, cheer yeah. for I will cheer for A and M for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that bullet. All right. So just at the top, um, my biggest source. I'm going to be honest. Is Wikipedia? It really has the most comprehensive. Mm-hmm. everything you can need to know 
especially so I knew that this movie was going to focus a lot on her biographical information because it was adapted from her memoirs and she was involved very heavily with the making of it. So I knew that they would be pretty true to her story. Um, So I wanted to instead um, talk about her rise through Olympics. So I will give you, Mm -hmm. I mean, through gymnastics, I will give you biographical information, obviously, but like, we're kind of going to talk about how she changed the face of gymnastics and how she started at the bottom. Now she here kind of situation. So. And hopefully how gymnastics in return has treated her like shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like horrible to her. I mentioned how exploitive gymnastics was at the top and I still really feel that way. And especially to her. Gymnastics is extremely exploitive. I feel like gymnastics and probably, probably ice skating, like figure skating on the, on the winter end. And any kind of like professional dance, they all fall into that same category. Uh-huh. One hundred percent. And I grew up like that and it's it's really hard. Yeah. Um and I never so, went to an Olympics, so So the other article I really used was um from Vox. There was this article by Alex Abed Santos that really helped me understand a lot too. And so I'm gonna get into that a little later as well. Um so Simone Ariane Biles was born March 14th, 1997 in Columbus, Ohio, and she is the third of four siblings. Her birth mother was unable to care for the children, so they were placed in foster care. Um, and in 2000, her Simone's maternal grandfather, Ron Biles, and his wife, Nellie, began temporarily caring for Simone and her siblings in their home in Spring, Texas. Um, that's actually where I stayed in my hotel last night was in spring Um, and i i laughed at my sister-in-law and i was like could you not have graduated a different week because i can't accidentally run into simone biles right now she's in tokyo right could you not have graduated last semester like this is on you (laughs) so um so in 2003 ron and nelly officially adopted simone and her younger sister while ron's sister (laughs) Harriet, but I wrote Harrier. So shout out to Harrier. Um, Harriet adopted the two older children. Um, And actually through her adoptive mother, Simone holds um, dual citizenship in the United States and Belize and refers to her to Belize as her second home. And so sometimes I'm just like, America's lucky Simone didn't decide to compete for Belize instead. Cause I think they'd be nicer to her. Like, Um, yeah, because they would be like all about it and right? trash humans. Yeah, right. I mean, look at um, the tennis player we were talking about last week, and I've just gone blank on her name, um, Naomi Osaka. Yeah, yeah um, Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. And how you know she lives in America but competes for Japan, and Japan treats her a lot nicer than America. Well, and it, it always like it always makes me laugh because a lot of times, especially on the at least or maybe it's not especially but i notice it more because it's like the team that i root for like spurs players Uh uh-huh you know here they all compete on the same team but during the olympics like a lot of them like manu ginobili used to compete for argentina tony parker used to go and compete for france and tim Uh would stay here and compete and paul gessel would go home you know and compete and it's like we had an australian guy who would go home and compete for australia like that I find so strange. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sarah and I were talking today like, about- Who do I root for? <laughs> right. Sarah and I were talking today about how the Olympic basketball teams are so strange to us because our team is a mixture of egos from all the NBA teams. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, So That's in wild. any case- So Simone first tried gymnastics at six years old as part of a field trip with her daycare. The instructors there noted her potential and encouraged her parents to seek training for her. So she first enrolled in an optional training program as opposed to a compulsory training program at Bannon's Gymnastics. Um, And that was gymnastics with an X, not a a CS, in case you were wondering. Um, Which just made me laugh. Like... That seems like a really trendy place for the world's best gymnast to have started. (laughs) Um, So just a little bit about the difference between compulsory and optional gymnastics, because I did get into that to see, like, it said she was in an optional program. And I was like, does that mean she could go home when she wanted? Like, what is that? (laughs) So, you know, you and you, you're like, okay, we're done. Bye. (laughs) Right. So in compulsory gymnastics, every student competes using the same routines in levels one through five. Um, We like our son is actually at a compulsory gym, not an optional gym. Um, So like USA gymnastics have created routines with the goal that the gymnasts have a strong gymnastics foundation before advancing past level five into the optional levels. Um, and all of the skills in compulsory gymnastics are progressive. So after a gymnast learns the level four routine and masters it, then they go to level five, which builds on the skills of level four. Um, very much like the, um, Royal dance Academy, um, ballet training program, how, whenever you have the examinations, everyone has the same number that they go through. Um, So um, an optional training program, however, allows gymnasts to have individualized routines from the beginning. And the most appealing part of these programs is that they allow young gymnasts to progress at their own pace. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it was noted that without proper coaching and training, optional training has been known to lead to more injuries than compulsory training. Um, Because without a coach who's really hovering over you, kids are trying to progress too quickly. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So she began training with coach Amy Borman at the age of eight. And as we mentioned earlier, she would remain with Borman through the Olympics at Rio in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy was the USA women's gymnastics team head coach at the Rio Olympics. And I just think it's incredible that they trained together for the time she was eight to all of her gold medal victories at the Rio Olympics. And That's how wild. many, how many fights must they have had? Because you are an artist, you're a dancer, you know, part of being a successful artist is to hate the person who teaches you. That's oh, God, part yeah. of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> my, oh yeah. People ask me all the time if I'm going to teach our son music. And I'm like, no, I'm going to have one no. of my friends do it who I trust because you have to hate your instructor. That's part of yeah, being a successful to. artist. <laughs> That's what like drives you. It's just like a lot of times when you're in a rut, the only thing that drives you is pure spite. Right. Like when your coach is so, like, you can't do this. Like you suck at this. The only thing that makes you want to do it is pure spite to be like, fuck you. I can do this just fine. Right. Thank you. Right. And clearly you're the coach or else you would have your ass over here doing it too. Like, 
Exactly. That's what I would think. Knowing what that my I, college. Oh, I like when I was in dance, like we would always be like, yeah, those who can do and those who can't uh -huh. teach. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think in my head all through all the time in college, my professor is a world renowned violinist. The man who taught me how to play viola is world renowned. He has played all over. He is well respected in every circle. And I would still think, well, you play violin and not viola. So here, let me show you how it's actually done. <laughs> I thought so, I was better than every instructor I've ever had. Yeah, you have to. That's so I imagine that there was hours of fighting logged oh, between yeah. those two women. So in 2012, Simone switched from public school to being homeschooled to allow her more training time per week. Yeah. So her training time increased from about 20 hours per week while she was in public school to 32 hours a week as a homeschool student. So gymnastics became her almost full-time job. I was doing... Probably between 20 and 25 a week. Uh-huh. Between school stuff and then, like, private classes. Yeah. That not, that it, yeah. not that it was nearly as demanding on my body, but I was practicing viola by my junior and senior year when I knew that I was going to be very serious about it. I was practicing nine hours a day for the most part. Yeah. Um, I would go in, we'd go in at, like, six in the morning, go to school from, like, Oh, we'd probably get done about eight, so we'd have some time. And then go after school for two hours, and then a couple times a week I had another class, like, after that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it was for Dr. Sarah, too, who did not that's take dance seriously as about 20 to 25 hours, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so she upped it to 32. Um, so on August 4th, 2014, Simone verbally committed to UCLA. She planned to defer her, her enrollment until after the 2016 Olympics. In, 2000, in November of 2014, she signed her national letter of intent with UCLA. And then on July 29th of 2015, she announced that she would turn professional and forfeit her NCAA eligibility to complete, compete for UCLA. And Aaron, right. do you hear that sound? That is the collective size of relief of every oh. collegiate athlete who <laughs> thought they were going to have to compete against Simone Biles in college. Can you even imagine? <laughs> oh my God. Can you even imagine? You're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Her? Me, her, me, her. Because like her, LSU, her. LSU has a killer women's gymnastics team. And I can just imagine like all of the LSU girls like, oh, she's not doing it. She's not doing it. Thank God. Thank I might God. get a medal. I might get a medal. <laughs> you know, so. it's so weird. And I've seen this a couple times in these movies and just from watching the Olympics. A lot of high schools, and I assume that this must be a northern thing, because it's not here. A lot of high schools have a gymnastics team. Okay, so I will say, while you're mentioning that, that I, one time, my dad had a conference in Allen, Texas that he had to go to. That's a very mm -hmm. rich suburb of Dallas. Yes. And um, I, the meeting was boring, so I snuck away. And in the gym next door, they were having a gymnastics meet because Alan has a gymnastics team. And I watched this girl compete the all around. Like, I especially remember her floor routine. It was incredible. And I got, after it was over, I went and found my dad. And I was like, Dad, I just saw the most incredible gymnast 
I, there's nobody better. And he was like, Paul, like there's going to be somebody better. And I was like, no dad, I'm telling you, there's nobody better. I happened to catch Carly Patterson competing in high school and oh, like MPD. just months later, she qualified for right. the Olympics. Like, yeah. so I was like, dad, I wasn't lying. She really is the best. She really is good. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, I I love it's so funny because growing up, I loathed competitions that I had to be in, right? Uh huh. Because they're the worst. But I I will watch the shit out of a competition that I don't have anything to do with, right? It's the best. It's so much fun. I love it. People are always like, oh my gosh, like, um, meets and competitions are so chaotic. And I'm like, no, they're not if you know what you're looking for, if you know what you're doing you know how right. to watch them, then they're not chaotic. I can understand how some people would find them chaotic, but as someone who hated going to competitions, it kind of enrages me how much I like to watch them. <laughs> See, and so I used to compete um, equestrian events and they were chaotic just because my mom and brother would expect me to do all the work for them and sure. just give them this perfectly trained horse to go win things on. Oh, sure. Um, can we which talk Seth- about can we talk about the dressage at the Olympics? Because oh, I didn't I know dressage. I didn't know that it, a was an Olympic sport or b that it's basically horse dancing until oh, I saw yeah. a video and I was like, that's just straight up horse dancing, and I am here for it. I want to yes. watch it every day. I love it. So I'm the obsessed. farm, <laughs> the stables that I worked at growing up, were owned by the Birkenstock family like uh-huh. of Birkenstock shoes. Right. And um, one of their relatives was an Olympic dressage master. I mean, she was brilliant and she would come in a couple of summers. I worked there. She came in and taught dressage lessons to our students and just to watch her work was incredible. And then my students would try and I'd be like, baby, mm, you only need some more lessons. Y'all, it's horse but, dancing. Like, just look it up. It's incredible. Beautiful. It's so great. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, that my boss was obsessed with the Birkenstock sandals, like the ones that have the big hole in the strap and stuff. She always got the brand new ones before they were released. They were shipped over. That was like part of her payment for running the stables. Mm-hmm. So that I was do love fun. a good Birkenstock. So, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Anyway, so I'm going to get into Simone Biles' incredible gymnastics career, and, but I want to start by giving you an overview of her like biggest oh, – I will give you an overview of her biggest competitions on her path to success because okay. it's fun to track her growth. But it first, is. here's like a quick summary. So like first of all, hold on. She's only 24, and that makes me feel completely inadequate. So if you have a drink, just go ahead and chug because you'll be right there with me. At the 2016 Summer Olympics, Simone Biles won individual gold gold medals in all-around, vault, and floor, a bronze on the balance beam, and gold as part of the United States team, the Final Five, which I mentioned earlier was named so because they were the last team managed by Marta Caroli and the last team of five, because the rules would be changing to include only four gymnasts. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Simone Biles is also a five-time world all-around champion, a five-time world floor exercise champion, a three-time world balance beam champion, and a two-time world vault champion. She is a seven-time United States national all-around champion and a member of the gold medal winning American teams at the 2014, 15, 18, and 19 World Artistic Gymnastics Competitions. She is a three-time world silver medalist, twice for vault and once for uneven bars, and a three-time world bronze medalist, once for vault and twice for uneven, or for the balance beam. Um, She's the first African-American to win the world all-around title, and at 16 years old, she became only the seventh American woman to win the world all-around title. She is the gymnast with the most medals in history at 25, and the most world gold medals at 19. Before Simone Biles, Vitaly Sherbo was the most decorated gymnast with only 23. I said only 23 world medals. Yeah, um, only 23. <laughs> which he achieved in the 90s. So it took 20 years for anyone to beat his record. Almost 30 mm-hmm. years. And she, she beat him by two. Um, she's also the female gymnast with the most world all-around titles. She's the sixth woman to win an individual all around at the world championships and at the Olympics in the same year. The last time that had been accomplished was in 1996. She's the 10th female gymnast and the first American female gymnast since 1988 to win a medal at every single event in the Olympic games or world championships, because in the 2018 world championships in Doha, she won a medal in every event And I'm going to talk about that particular event in a little bit. But if you didn't get all that, the big summary is Simone Biles is a goddamn badass. And we do not treat her well enough. Ding, ding, ding. That's (laughs) it. That's the one. So just kind of a breakdown of her notable competitions. Um, She began her elite career at age 14, which is pretty standard. Between 14 and 16 is when most of our Olympic gymnasts begin Mm -hmm. their elite career. Um, I will say that Michaela Skinner, who we mentioned earlier, um, mm-hmm. did not even achieve elite status till she was 17. So she has always been the underdog. And the fact that she got to silver medal was incredible because she's the first person cut every time we have a big event. She's always mm-hmm. the alternate. Yeah. Um, I, I am like so incredibly I, I remember in 2016 watching Simone Biles, Lori Hernandez, Allie Raisman, Gabby Douglas. Gabby Douglas, that was the other one. Like, just kick And Michaela ass. Skinner was our alternate. Yep. Michaela Skinner was our alternate. But this Olympics, like, I cannot believe the talent that has emerged that I feel like, I feel like they thought they weren't going to get they wouldn't get the chance. Yeah. I, like I said, Michaela Skinner was packed up and going yeah. to the airport when she got the text and that said, turn around and come back. They have just risen to the occasion and been just the classiest of women to be like, we are winning these medals for Simone Biles. Like it makes me cry every time. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like these women are incredible. Well, and not, not even necessarily we're winning them for Simone, but we're winning them because of Simone, because when she stepped out, she uplifted everybody. Like it, like you said, Mm -hmm. she's just, but but a couple of them have said like, I have said, this is for Simone. Yes. This is for Simone. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like, right. So, um, 
Sunisa Lee tweeted um, screen grabs she got of her. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter, but she went through the um, list of gymnasts at the Olympics because they had to submit like, who's your hero or who's your icon? And she took a screenshot of every gymnast who said Simone Biles was her hero. And there were like, there were like 30 in total of Olympic gymnasts who were, who said that they look up to Simone Biles and she just tweeted at Simone and said, you're doing amazing things. And it's just like, what, what an amazing teammate. So wonderful and so so, uh, i mean yeah yeah holy crap she's Um, so good so simone biles began her elite career at age 14 at the 2011 american classic in houston she placed third all around first on vault and balance beam fourth on floor exercise and eighth on the uneven bars Later that month, she competed at the 2011 U.S. Classic in Chicago, where she placed 20th all around and fifth on the balance beam and floor exercise. And this is actually kind of nice for me to see that she started at the bottom. She was not prodigious. She was a hard worker. She still is a hard worker, but she didn't just walk into her first year of competitions and own everything. She, She fought to get where she is. So then in 2012, she competed at the American Classic in Huntsville. Um, and she placed first in the all around and on vault. She tied for second on the floor exercise and third on the balance beam and fourth on the uneven bars. And her placements at the American classic earned her a spot to compete at the 2012 USA gymnastics national championships. Right. So in 2012, she also competed in the U S classic in Chicago, where she finished first all around and on vault second on floor exercise and sixth on the balance beam. Um, and then in June of that year, she competed in the national gymna- national championships in St. Louis, where she finished third all around first on vault and sixth on the uneven bars, the balance beam and the floor routine. After this showing at nationals, she was named to the U S junior national team by a committee, which was headed by Marta Caroli, um, who was the national team coordinator from 2001 to 2016. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, Simone made her senior international debut at a, at two, the 2013 American cup, which is an FIG, the international gymnastics federation world cup event. Um, she and Caitlin Ohashi were actually named as replacements for Elizabeth Price and Kyla Ross, both of whom withdrew from the competition because of injuries. Um, Biles actually led for two rotations, but ultimately she finished in second place only to her teammate, Caitlin Ohashi, after falling off the balance beam. Mm-hmm. In March of 2013, she went to Yasolo, Italy to complete... And to complete to compete in the 2013 city of Yezalo trophy, which is apparently a big thing. Okay. Um, it's a big international competition. She took all around vault balance beam and floor exercise titles and contributed to the U S team's gold medal. Um, and then she and the U S team were then invited to compete in Germany in this international tri meet against teams from Germany and Romania Okay. The U.S. won gold. Simone won the vault, balance beam, and floor, and tied for second in the all-around behind her teammate, 2012 London Olympic gymnast Kyla Ross, because she mm-hmm. fell on the uneven bars. I just, like, 
I was always good at like beam and uneven bars because I don't have the upper body strength. I mean, when you talk about a vault, like, yeah, I would encourage everyone, like, just go Google any vault, any vault, and just watch how much power those people have to use to like, they're literally like yeeting themselves into the air. Yeah. Yeah, and for then real. Making it graceful and landing. And that kind of power, like I I would never be able to get that kind of like, And then after all that, they had to salute the judges, which I would do with two middle fingers every single time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have you ever seen that movie Stick It with Missy Pyle? I think not Missy Pyle with um what is her name? Hold uh, on, I'll think of her. Um I haven't. Mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. Missy Peregrim. I knew I was close. Um, so it was, and I'm going to talk about it briefly later, but it's a, a movie about how the changes in the, in the gymnastic scoring suck. And mm-hmm. um, there's at one point she pretends to vault and then doesn't, she just like steps on the floor, on the beam. I mean, steps on the, of the mat and uh-huh. flips off the judges. And I'm like, that would be me every yeah. single goddamn time. Right. So then, um, so in the July of 2013, she went back to the U.S. Classic. She performed poorly, falling several times, and did not compete in the vault after twisting her ankle on the floor exercise. And she admits that at this point, she fell into a serious depression and anxiety spiral um, and consulted the, a sports psychologist whom she credits with helping her with her confidence issues and allowing her to begin what became a streak of dominance in the sport. And so what we, what we're seeing in Tokyo is not new. Biles has struggled with this in the past. And I just, I feel so bad for the spotlight that's been turned on her. And I'm so impressed by her maturity to just bring the conversation to mental health and to, to point out that the way that we talk about mental health is still broken in the United States, that she is normalizing this conversation in a way that, that we couldn't, I, this is going to sound awful, but we couldn't normalize this conversation without a celebrity spokesperson. And like, I hate that it's her. I hate that she's going through this, but she's handling it with such grace and maturity. In the last year with Naomi Osaka and uh-huh. now Simone Biles, where these extremely, incredibly talented and successful women successful women are bringing this issue to the forefront. And it's really interesting to watch. I feel like this is a time of real evolution within Yes. Sports. Yes, and 100%. And I'm interested to see where it's going to go because we've never had really... Such such uh, high stakes players really yeah. just getting into the nitty gritty of this conversation. We've yeah, had other 100%. people get into it, but never at this level. Never, never at the Olympic level. Or no, uh, what, Naomi or was at the French Open, or was she at Wimbledon? I don't. I thought it was Wimbledon, but it might have been the French Open. I think it's the French Open. Those are huge competitions, right? 
we've never had this level of like awareness around and, this issue. And to see the outpouring of support, my favorite thing has been that when Naomi Osaka refused to do her, her media engagements because of her mental health and people were like Venus and Serena Williams would never. And Venus and Serena <laughs> Williams were like, we absolutely would have, we didn't think it was an option. We applaud Naomi. Was, you know, like they came to her defense immediately. And when people were like, well, why isn't Simone just struggling through this? Like Carrie Strug did. And Carrie Strug is like, she doesn't need to like, don't bring me into this. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, like all these people who they're being compared to are like, no, 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 we should have done what they're doing. We wish we had that courage. Or like, they are so strong. Or like, they are doing, they are uplifting them in incredible ways. Um, See, and I love that your your favorite thing about this is like so pure. Because my favorite thing about this is just trolling people who oh, yeah. shit on Simone Biles. It's my favorite oh. thing. I'm like, they're like, well, if I was in her position, Gary, you never will be. Okay. Right, right. Um one one guy I know is a teacher and he he was the most outspoken about how Simone Biles is quitting on her team. And I was like, first of all, it's not it's not quitting. It's not. She's taking care of herself. She could literally die if she went up with what she's dealing with. And I'm gonna talk about the twisties later. But um she could literally die. Um and women's gymnastics has historically been one of the most exploited sports. And you're a teacher, which means you're in one of the most exploited fields. So if you don't know what exploitation feels like, that's because you're brainwashed. Don't expect Simone Biles to be as dumb as you are. Okay. Also, can we just stop like acting like athletes owe us, owe us anything? Like we're like, oh, get up and dance, Simone. <laughs> dance for I, us. I and really I'm like, do. Who the fuck are we to sit on our couch and be like, dance for me? Like, what the fuck? Right. Okay, so I really, I do need to apologize to Simone Biles publicly because this is a little reductive, but it's so fun to find these men who are so mad and say, for a grown man, you're awfully upset that a young girl in skimpy clothes isn't dancing for you on TV. Yeah. Like, like I know that that is terribly reductive to it Simone is. Biles, it but is. to but put also, it into that perspective you, is so fun. If you don't go for the low hanging fruit on that one, they're not going to get it. Right, right. That's as far as they can jump. Simone They've never Biles, vaulted. Yeah, Simone Biles, <laughs> Na- Naomi Osaka, any athlete of any sport is not beholden to us to perform on demand and do what we want to watch them do. No, ever. That's insane. And I really do think that if this were an NBA athlete who were sitting out for their mental health, that the conversation would be so different because oh, really? he's a man. Like 100% I do. Um, um, I just want to remind everyone that a few years ago, LeBron James broke down in sobs because the air conditioning in the AT&T Center was broken. Was out. Uh-huh. I, I don't mean to laugh. He on yes, national like... t- TV and his, his teammates carried him out in their arms. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yet we're saying she quit. Right. No exactly. To LeBron James. It's hot as fuck here. I get it. Like, really? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, just I don't can't. even know. 
I don't even know where it was. Oh yeah. Okay. So in August of 2013, she competed at the USA gymnastics national championships where she was crowned the all around. She also won silver on all four individual events. After the national, after the national championship, she was named to the senior national team and was invited to qualifying camp for the 2013 world artistic gymnastics championships in Texas. She was selected for the world championships team. In October of 2013, she competed at the World Championships in Antwerp, Belgium. She qualified first in the all-around, second in the vault, sixth in the uneven bars, fifth in the balance beam, and first to the floor, making her the first American gymnast to qualify to the all-around and all four event finals since Shannon Miller in 1991. Um, She competed during the women's individual all around, she competed cleanly during the individual all around and won the competition with a score of 60.216, which was almost a full point ahead of the silver medalist, Kyla Ross, um, who was a defending Olympia Olympian, mm-hmm. um, and almost a point and a half ahead of the bronze medalist who was the 2010 world all around champion. Um, It was at these championships that Biles debuted her first eponymous skill. And yes, I say first because she has four and a pending fifth. She does, yes. The Biles in floor exercise. um, As of 2019, which is the most recent data I can find, she is the only gymnast to have performed any of her self-named skills in an FIG international competition. Okay. So at the age of 16, because all, all that done was while she was 15, y'all, like Jesus 15 Christ. and 16, at the age of what 16. Have I done, what have I done with my life? <laughs> right? Simone Biles became the seventh American, the seventh American woman and the first African American to win the world all around title. In the event finals, she won silver on vault, um, coming in only after Michaela Maroney, who has also been a standout in her support of Simone Biles yeah. and also in talking about the exploitation of women's gymnastics. Right. And she also placed ahead of 2008 Olympic gold medalist Hong Eun Jong of North Korea. Mm-hmm. She got bronze on the balance beam. Um, I, well, she, huh? Wait, 2008. Yes. I was like, I thought North Korea wasn't allowed to do the Olympics. This was back in 2008. That was the last time they, I think that's the last time they performed. Gotcha. Um, I was competed. like, I'm real confused because I'm pretty yeah. sure we shut them down. Yeah. Um, she got bronze on the balance beam. She got gold in the floor exercise. Um, and then she finished fourth in the uneven bars. She, um, then in 2014, she actually set out the first part of the competitive season due to that shoulder injury. Um, mm-hmm. When she debuted that year, she came out with a bang. At the U.S. Classic in Chicago, she won all around by a wide margin and also took first place on the vault and the beam. She tied with Kyler Ross on the beam um, and on the floor. And at the 2014 National Championships, she repeated as all-around champion after two days of competition, finishing more than four points ahead of Kyla Ross, despite falling from the balance beam during her final routine of the meet. Y'all. 
four points ahead and a, a bouncing fall is at least a half a point deduction or more yeah. depending on how long it takes you to recover. So they talk a little bit about scoring in the movie where basically, and I know, a li- I know a little bit, not enough, like enough to follow, I not have, enough to like, I know. have two or three paragraphs about scoring and gotcha. how it's okay. changed. So because what they really focus on in the movie though, is, you know, your execution points are capped. You can, your execution right. points are capped at so much. Your difficulty points are not. Right. So if you do something like insanely ridiculous and you nail it, like your difficulty points could just be like off the charts. Yes. And so we'll talk about how all that plays into her scores. Um, so she won the gold on vault and on floor and tied for silver and balance beam with Alyssa Bowman. Um, and she finished fourth on the uneven bars. So it came as a shock to nobody that she was selected for the senior national team. Duh. On September 17th, she was selected to compete at the world championships in Nanning, China. Um, she dominated the prelim round despite a major error on the uneven bars. She qualified in first to the all around vault beam and floor finals. In addition to contributing to the U S team's first place qualification to the team final during the team final, she led the United States to its second consecutive world team championship, um, which they won over the second place Chinese team by seven points. Again, I ask, what? Like, it's hard? Right. In the all-around, she performed very, like, very cleanly on all four events, bettering her bar score from qualifications by more than a point, and won her second consecutive world all-around title ahead of Ross and Larissa Yordosh, who were strong competitors. She became only the second American woman to repeat as world all-around champion, um, Shannon Miller being the only other American who did it in 1993 and 1994. And she's the first woman of any nationality to do it since Russia's Svetlana Korkina in 2001 and 2003. Hey, she's um, my listicle. Patreon.com yeah. slash lifetime sentence. <laughs> so Biles finished second in the vault, taking her second consecutive silver medal. Um, she won gold in the balance beam and gold in the floor exercise. Um, this time her... This brought her total of world championship gold medals to six, the most won by an American gymnast ever. Um, previously, Shannon Miller had won five. Wow. On July 25th of 2015, she competed at the U.S. Classics and finished. So this is the next year. She finished in the all-around first. Um, she the second place to her was Gabby Douglas, the 2012 All Around Olympic champion, and mm-hmm. I just want to talk about Gabby Douglas for a minute because I love her for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the first African American to become the Olympic individual All Around champion, and she was the first U.S. gymnast to win gold in both the individual and team All Around competitions in the same Olympics. Mm-hmm. So Gabby Douglas has a very interesting history too. Yes. Um. She also has a Lifetime movie that I'm sure. Yes. Point. Um, I also really love Sean Johnson. Yes, me too. Delightful. Um, on the beam, she took first ahead of Douglas, um, who got second and third to her was Allie Raisman. Um, she claimed first on the floor exercise 
an entire point ahead of Gabby Douglas. And she even landed her, like when she threw her MR vault, she had a weird, like small hop that should have deducted points. I mean, it did. She still placed first in the event ahead of 2014 world vault bronze medalist. And now as of today, we can say 2020 because it's still the 2020 olympics right even though it's in 2021 it is so they're still calling it the 2020 olympics because that's when it was supposed to okay so 2020 silver medal vaultist michaela skinner yes so i'm glad that we could throw that in today um that's wonderful good for at, oh God. at I, the 2000 2000- I, I burst with pride for these these kids oh, that i've yeah. never met so you right? can only imagine how annoyingly proud of my own kids that i <laughs> um oh no sorry sarah just sent me a text they just said tonight's been rough i'm going to bed but it's not with Aww. it's not with the baby it's with work stuff that she just got unloaded Aww. on um Boo. so at the 2015 U.S. National Champion Championships, mm-hmm. she secured her third all-around national title, becoming only the second woman ever to do so, 23 years after um, Kim Mexel, who did it in 90, 91, and 92. Mm-hmm. So Simone Biles, along with Gabby Douglas, Brianna Dowell, Madison Cochion, Maggie Nichols, Allie Raisman, and Michaela Skinner were chosen to represent the United States at the 2015 World Championships in Scotland. Once again, she qualified first in everything except for um, uneven bars, which would have qualified her in eighth place. But by this point, they had already instated the two per country rule, which is kind of a... um, kind of a controversial rule um, uh-huh. that it's only very recently in gymnastics history that only two people per country can qualify for an event. So okay. even if all three are in the top 10, um, only only the top two scorers from each team can compete. Um, uh-huh. And so Simone Biles placed um, eighth in the uneven bars, but um, Madison Cochion and Gabby Douglas qualified ahead of her. So they got to compete in that final. In the team finals, um, she helped the United States win their third consecutive gold medal. And during the all around, she performed below her usual standard. She took a large hop on the vault. She landed out of bounds on the floor, which she said was the first time she'd ever done that. And um, she um, lost her balance on the balance beam and reached forward to grab the beam to steady herself, which is an automatic deduction. Despite all of that, she finished with a score of 60.399, which was like, which was the largest margin of victory she had ever seen. Um, it was still over a point ahead of Gabby Douglas, who took the silver medal. Um, so, <laughs> With all of that, she still managed to come out on top. Um, so well, with that you're victory, you're just the best. That's it. Right. <laughs> with that victory, she became the first woman to win three consecutive all around titles in history in wow. world gymnastics. Um, during day one of the event finals, she competed on vault taking bronze. Why am I repeating that? 
oh, that's just me copying the same thing. Like I just copied what I'd already written down. Um, so at the 2016 national championships, she won the all around by a margin of 3.9 points over Allie Raisman. Yep. She won the gold medal in vault and floor. Um, she received scores of at least 16 all four times. It is very hard to score over 16. And I'm going to talk about why later. So for her to get it four times is incredible. Um, she won the gold medal in the balance beam. She placed fourth on the uneven bars. And so at that nationals, she was named to the 2016 Rio summer Olympics alongside Gabby Douglas, Lori Hernandez, Madison Cochion, and Alan, Ali Raisman um, with Michaela Skinner as the alternate. <clears throat> right. And I just, in addition to everything else we're talking about regarding scoring, like it is so hard to beat someone by like a point. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're usually like tenths and one hundreds of points next to someone, not points and points. Oh yeah. Somewhere later I have that the separation between like first and second place, it might've been something I left out, but the difference between first and second place in one of the things I was reading was 0. 0.008. Yeah. Which is much more typical. Yeah. Um, so, so in we're September, talking about, oh, she won by a point, two point. That is not. That's unheard normal. of. Normal, Yeah, that's insane. Mm -hmm. So in September of 2016, um, there was actually a lot of drama surrounding Simone Biles when her medical information was leaked by a Russian cyber espionage <coughs> group. They hacked into the World Anti-Doping Agency database um, oh and God. she was accused publicly of doping. Um, but she was pretty open in disclosing on Twitter that she had ADHD. She was diagnosed mm -hmm. at a young age and she had filed for a therapeutic use exemption to take ADHD medicine. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I had to figure out like why that was an issue. And I guess stimulus. I forget, right. As somebody who needs it for their ADHD, I forget about like all of the other great effects. Um, cause it enhances if uh, dopamine, which increases motor activity and muscular endurance. Um, they also help reduce fatigue while exercising. So like, that's what that drama is, but there is no drama yeah. really, but that's but the drama. Typically, only if you don't have ADHD, does it do all right. these wonderful things? If right. you do have ADHD, it just makes you concentrate on your normal shit. <laughs> right. So, um, on August 7, 2016, she competed in the women's qualification at the 2016 Olympics Along with helping the U.S. team qualify in first place to the team. <laughs> um, so they, in qualifications, they beat second place China by 9.959 points. Holy shit. Is yeah. that even possible? <laughs> Our combined score, yeah. Not anymore Oof. because of the change in scoring because of the 2016 yeah. Olympics. But yes, at the time. Um, so... Individually, she qualified as the top gymnast in four of the five individual events. Um, the all-around vault, balance beam, and floor exercise. And then I wrote, Simone Biles is not known for her uneven bar prowess. <laughs> oh, in it's August okay. I've got, the, I've got the uneven bar. Simone, you do everything else. <laughs> and I'm just going to do the Aaron and Paul that we talked about as our... Um, <laughs> floor routine last week was that in patreon where i'm just gonna lay on the floor eating popcorn like, 
and then salute and walk off. Salute, walk away. Um, so on August 9th, she won her first Olympic gold medal in the team event. The only gymnast from Team USA to compete on all four events. She helped the American team win the gold medal in the finals with a win of eight of more than eight points over Russia's silver. Um, she won the gold medal in the individual all around. She had the highest score on the vault, the balance beam and the floor. And she and Allie Raisman became the second pair of American gymnasts in history to win the gold and silver and the individual all around. The only other team to ever do it was Nastia Lukin. And I wrote John Johnson with a J A W N. So <laughs> rest in peace, Sean. <laughs> oh, good old I also John. Love Nastia Lukin. Quite yes. Sarah and I often talk about how we thought Sean Johnson was a was a better gymnast, but that Nastia Lukin's ex- ex- execution was prettier. Like. Uh-huh. But I think that technically I thought that Sean Johnson was always I better. I think technically so. Sean Johnson was better. And I think not Steel Lucan had the advantage of like height and uh-huh. the length of her limbs, like on her side. So everything she did just looked, looked very more, fluid. Yeah, fluid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whereas Sean Johnson is like, was she was a powerhouse. Absolutely more precise and at, yeah, she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. is like she, she literally just had another baby. So. Right. John Johnson, like you're still a powerhouse. We love you. Yes. <laughs> um, so in the individual events, she won a gold medal in vault, a bronze and balance beam, even though she touched the beam with her hands um, and a gold in the floor exercise. So with her five medals, as well as Madison Cochion's silver on the uneven bars, the USA claimed a medal in every women's artistic gymnastics event for the first time since 1984. Mm-hmm. With four Olympic gold medals, she set an American record for the most gold medals in women's gymnastics at a single games and equaled a number of other records with her medals won in Rio. Her winning four medal gold medals was the first instance of a quadruple gold medalist in women's gymnastics at a single games since, um, Ekaterina Zazo Zazbo, sorry, in Romania in 1984 Okay. And she was the um, fifth woman in history, it looks like, to do that. I don't know what this sentence said. I just wrote, and the fifth overall. Okay. I think she's the That's fifth cool. woman in history to do that. Uh, Biles is the first female gymnast since this woman was in your list too. Lilia, I think Lilia Potokopayeva mm-hmm. um, in the 1996 to win the all-around gold as well as an event final gold. And she's the first female gymnast since Lilia to win the Olympic all-around title while holding the world and European or American, since she's American, individual all-around titles. Cool. Um, Biles joins um, Latinina, who's a Russian gymnast, and um, Shoslovska, who I believe is also a Russian gymnast, um, and a fourth name that I'm not going to butcher because I would never be welcome in their country if I tried um, <laughs> as the fourth female gymnast to win every major all around title in the Olympic cycle. Were the other three all Russian? Gymnasts? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. One might've been Romanian. The last one. Okay. The, the last one was either Romanian, but I think in fact, I believe they all were part of the USSR. Gotcha. So okay. when it was that giant expanse, um, 
So Simone Biles joined Mary Lou Retton, Shannon Miller, and Nastia Lukin as the only American woman to have um, five medals at a single Olympiad. Only three other women outside of the U.S. have done this. And Simone Biles and Gabby Douglas are the only American female gymnasts to win both the individual all-around gold and team gold at the same Olympiad. Biles was chosen by Team USA to be the flag bearer at the closing ceremonies. She is the first American female gymnast to receive this honor. And we're still not done. <laughs> like, that's no, what's crazy. I know. That's... I know. So, so in 2017, she took a well-earned hiatus from competing. And during okay. this time, she co-wrote an autobiography with journalist oh, Michelle sure. Buford. She didn't right. have enough to fucking do. She was like, you know what I should do is write a fucking book. Right? Jesus Christ. So this book is called Courage to Soar, A Life in Balance. And I don't know if you've ever looked at gymnast memoirs. They're all about balance like every single one has the word balance in a title and i think it's hilarious i think Um, the publisher just automatically rejects it if it doesn't have the word they're like but you're a gymnast life is all about balance right and right probably simone biles is like sure no (laughs) (laughs) and they're like but it but it is though right and she's like Um, this book was the uh inspiration for the lifetime movie you watched this week um Mm -hmm. so she also competed on season 24 of dancing with the stars where she Uh gave the best interview i have ever seen it made me love her so much more and realize just what a badass she is she's and i think i've mentioned on the podcast before but she's getting feedback from the judges uh and she's like you can see her brain processing it and putting it back and like I think it was the first time that somebody that season had gotten like straight perfect scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she's still taking the feedback and like doing the gymnast thing. And yeah. Tom Bergeron says, um, Simone, I noticed you're not smiling when they're giving you these compliments. And so she gives this really awkward smile, like, Oh, sh- okay. And she goes, smiling doesn't win you golds. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> she's not wrong. And I just love it so much. So I cannot the- remember who it was recently. Well, not recently, because I stopped watching it since the start years ago, but who it was that was like listening to the judges. I think it was another gymnast. That's why I'm going on this tangent, but it was like listening to the judges and smiling and like, and you know, they go back with like Aaron Andrews and she's like, Oh, I feel like they were really harsh. She was like, no, she was like, not at all. Like that, like that is all accurate. Oh yeah. I think that was, I need to work on. I think that was, um, it may have been Sean Johnson, but yeah, as I say, um, one of her, one of Simone Biles' teammates was on dancing with the stars the season before her. Um, I think that um, was Sean Johnson. She was on. I there. say it might have been Sean Johnson, but she won. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, then yes. Let's see, Ali Raisman, Nastia Lukin. Nastia Lukin was before Simone Biles for sure. Yes, Lori Hernandez was the one that was the season before Simone. I knew that one of her teammates okay. was, and it was the season right before mm-hmm. her. And Lori Hernandez won, but Simone came in fourth. Yeah, and it was like, but it was one of them, and they were just like nodding, and they're like, "Yes, yes," and and they're like, "Oh my god, are you mad?" Like, I, you know, the audience was mad, and she's like, "No, like this is all stuff I need. Like, yeah, this is all stuff I, I need to work on." Yeah. We're taught to appreciate feedback, like, 
Yeah, you don't you don't go to the Olympics as a gymnast if you can't take feedback. Like <laughs> also in like in my head, I just imagine them being like, "Oh, they were so much nicer than my regular <laughs> right." <laughs> oh, that's it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so in August of 2017, she began training again. By this time, her coach, her longtime coach, had moved to Florida with her family. So Biles hired Laurent Londy, who coached um, Madison Cochion before taking on Simone. Okay. And then in February of 2017, three former gymnasts. So this is backing up in that year, but it kind of all came out after the fact that Simone had had to deal with this too. So this is where I'm sticking it in February of 2017, three former gymnasts, um, Jeanette and Tolan, Jessica Howard and Jamie Dancer gave an interview for 60 minutes in which they said that former USA gymnastics physician, Larry Nasser had sexually abused them. They also, and this is the, I pulled this from Wikipedia. So, um, their wording is the wording that I'm using. They also alleged that the emotionally abusive environment at the national team training campus run by Bella and Marta Caroli at the Crowley ranch near Huntsville, yeah. Texas gave Nasser an opportunity to take advantage of the gymnasts and made them afraid to speak up about the abuse. I think that's true. Oh, I believe so too, but I I'm just saying believe- I'm not pointing like I, as Paul Adams, not pointing fingers. I am yeah. pulling the quotes from these women that were compiled by Wikipedia, but I don't I, doubt that any of that is true. I am not discounting anybody's I don't story. believe that Marta. I don't think they were complicit. I don't believe that they were intending to create that kind of right. environment, but I do believe that they That did. that environment existed. Right. Yes. Because just existing in the world that I existed in where I was in a similar, but different situation. Like definitely the Olympics weren't on the line for me at all ever. Right. But I can see how a coach who is so hard on you for reasons, for good reasons, right. They're trying to make you into the best athlete, the best dancer, the best, whatever that you can be. But it does create like a disconnect and like, um, kind of a environment of mistrust yes where it's just an adversarial environment because Uh that's when you become your best is when you are fighting and fighting and right but it uh, i can see how it would create that kind of environment where a sexual predator and like disgusting human being and horrible awful person who should be dead not not sorry about that it can can swoop in, in and, uh-huh. and and just and take really advantage just abuse the system mm-hmm. absolutely um so and people are really hard on that kind of coaching and i i understand it but i also understand how as an athlete that kind of coaching makes you better yeah it does it does yeah um so Rachel Dan Hollander, one of the first women to publicly accuse Nasser, said in court in May 2017 that Nasser had sexually abused her on five separate doctor's visits in 2000 when she was only 15 years old. It soon came out publicly that gymnasts complained in the 90s about Nasser's behavior, but nothing was done about it until 2015 when USA Gymnastics, and this is Wikipedia's quote because I have something I want to say, 
quote, took action against him. The official wording was that the organization cut ties with Nasser after learning, quote, after learning of athlete concerns, which means they didn't actually do a goddamn thing about it. They just fucking walked away and ignored the history of it all. Yep. They were like, if I, I don't see it, I don't hear you, like, not my circus, not my monkeys anymore, you're fired, uh-huh. which is not reparation. It's kind of like, you know, we cover um, these, like, angels of mercy, right? These medical uh-huh. professionals who kill people, and they just, like, pass it off, and they're like, if this is, if I fire them from this hospital, it's not my problem, but they're yes. just going to go to another hospital and, like, get another job. And that is what, that is exactly That's what this is. Yeah, 100%. They were like, you know what, we don't want you to work for us anymore, but we're not going to go to the point where you can't get a job anywhere. Yeah. Which again just opens the doors for these predatory people to step in and especially someone that works with gymnasts are I mean Simone Biles says that in the movie she's male gymnasts peak in their 20s female gymnasts peak in their teens. Yeah. And so you're just walking in like if as a as a pedophile you're walking into like your dream it's yeah. disgusting. It's yeah. Hard. Oh yeah. It's it's all it's like in it's inconscionable. Like I hate oh you know, I don't believe in the death penalty and I I struggle with it sometimes, but for this guy I believe in I a good old fashioned hard. baseball bat though. For this guy I struggle hard. And not like because he would have never even gotten the death penalty for what he did because of he never murdered anyone. But I'm right. like, look at the hundreds and hundreds of victims you left in your wake at a uh-huh. time in their lives when they were just becoming themselves. You are a despicable, deplorable, awful human being. And I hope you, I don't know, I hope you like get the shit beaten out of you every day, every single day. I yeah. hope, especially right now during the Olympics, that like people are like, oh my God, you're that dude. And they just... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in September of 2016, the Indianapolis star reported that Rachel Den Hollander, one of my tiles just fell and hit me. Did you see it? That's what <laughs> the lights keep that out on me. was some comedic relief. That the I wall really fell on me. Oh the my God. I was about to just start screaming about Larry Nasser again. I just, that guy is the fucking worst. Oh, I so, cannot put into words how much I hate that man because I have been in the position under him that he would have yeah. been, you know, and yeah. I just, oh. So um, in September 2016, the Indianapolis Star reported that Rachel Den Hollander and another former gymnast had accused accused Nasser of sexual abuse. He was subsequently fired by Michigan state on September 20th after having been reassigned from clinical and teaching duties a month earlier. So again, and this is the thing. they had uh-huh. to like spotlight this shit. It, they had to like, literally it was like the Catholic priests that they had to, to just really yep. put him out in the middle of the public uh-huh. eye in order for anything to happen. Yeah. So Olympic gold medalist, Michaela Maroney, um, who I mentioned earlier, she's a badass. Also, Mm -hmm. she, 
in retrospect, this is another case. We talked about this with Brittany that like we joined the fun and laughing and now we regret it. I regret mm-hmm. the amount of joy I got from her Kayla face meme because I learned about everything else that was going on in her life. She was the gymnast who got, she was the gymnast who got silver um, after she'd consistently gotten gold on every time she'd done this event. I don't remember what event it was. And so there was a picture that a photographer snapped of her going. And it's like, it was like the most unimpressed face. Um, but now I learn about everything else oh, she was girl, dealing with. Oh, girl, catch a pick of me losing. <laughs> right? Catch a pick of me losing. Um, and that's the, like, that's the other thing. We, especially in the wake of everything that's going on with Simone Biles right now, we expect these women to get on a stage and perform for us wherever, whenever and wherever we see fit. But we are so quick to abandon them to predators. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, I cannot even explain how many systems failed in this Larry Nasser case. It's unreal. If you haven't watched Athlete A, like go drop everything you're doing, go watch it. It's it will enrage you, but it's so good. That was the oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah I've seen okay um so in any case she used the hashtag Me Too on Twitter and said that Nasser had repeatedly molested her from 2008 when she was 13 years old until she retired from the sport eight years later. Maroney subsequently filed a lawsuit against Nasser, Michigan state university and the United States Olympic committee and USA gymnastics. Um, the lawsuit accused USA gymnastics of covering up the sexual abuse mm-hmm. by requiring her to sign an NDA in her $1.25 million settlement. Um, and Maroney's attorney, John Manley called Nasser a pedophile doctor very publicly. And I 100% support this 100%. Um, during a 60 minutes interview, Olympic gold medalist, Ali Raisman said that Nasser had also sexually abused her. Raisman said that Nasser molested her when she was 15 years old. And then this is this is where Gabby Douglas. I really don't think it was her intent, um, but I'm so grateful that Simone Biles stepped up during this. But Gabby mm-hmm. Douglas in a tweet saying that quote dressing in a provocative or sexual way incites the wrong crowd, and Simone Biles oh, came after her no. and said, "What we're going to do is what we're not going to do here is victim blame." or victim shame. And so Gabby Douglas later apologized and admitted that she was also a victim of Nasser's abuse and kind of clarified that what she meant while she had like, she took ownership of tweeting it incorrectly, but that USA gymnastics had kind of bred this ground and that gymnastics as a whole bred this ground by inviting pedophiles to watch all these girls in skimpy outfits. Like, You know, you and I talked last week about how it was talk of the town that the, um, what team was it that competed in unitards this year? Was it the German team? German. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That like, that was a big deal. And why should that be a big deal? Like. Shouldn't be. Right. Um. Seriously, if you haven't watched Athlete A on Netflix, like go watch it. It's so, it covers this case in depth. It is really, really good. Um, and. This motherfucker, like, I just can't. 
Um, yeah. So like, so Simone, Simone Biles did come after Gabby kind of publicly and okay. say, you need to fix this publicly. Like it was, it was just Simone stepping up. Um, so then former national team member Maggie Nichols also said that Nasser had abused her. He said, she said that he connected with her on Facebook and complimented her appearance on numerous occasions. Ew. Quote, I was only 15 and I just thought he was trying to be nice to me. Um, and she said that later she realized that this behavior is part of his grooming process. Um, according to court filings and interviews, no. Nichols no, and her coach. And you feel the need to text a 15 year old girl and tell her how good she looks. Just don't. Right. Just like get in the car and drive directly to jail. And <laughs> right. Ugh. So according to court proceedings and interviews, um, Maggie Nichols and her coach, Sarah Johnson reported Nasser to USA gymnastics officials on June 17th, 2015 after her coach overheard, um, Nichols and another gymnast talking about Nasser's behavior shortly after all of these accounts came public. Simone Biles came forward with her own accounts that she too had been sexually abused by Nasser. Um, Jordan Weber made a victim impact statement at Nasser's court sentencing in which she also accused Nasser of sexually abusing her during her time at USA gymnastics and talked of its size side effects. Um, now, Simone Biles did not attend court hearings held from January 16th to 24th, citing that, quote, she wasn't ready emotionally. She wasn't emotionally ready to face Larry Nasser again. Um, okay. but yeah, which is fine. And so in May of 2018, it was announced that Simone Biles and the other survivors would be awarded the Arthur Ashe Courage Award um, for speaking up. And so on March 1st, 2018... <laughs> sorry um i don't mean to laugh but on march 1st 2018 after all of this has come out while she's training you know she started training again in august 2017 mm -hmm. it was announced that simone biles was re-added to the american national team after the athlete search committee viewed recent videos of her performance and i laughed out loud at this idea of like I don't know, Simone, are you still good enough? Or did you take a nap after showing up the entire fucking world at the Yeah, did gymnastics you like take a nap and then Olympics. you woke up and forgot how to do gymnastics? <laughs> right. Um, at the USA Classic that year, she won the all-around as well as a gold medal on floor and balance beam and had the highest score recorded in a single vault. Her all-around score was 58.7 and it became the highest score ever recorded in the... 2017 to 2020 code of points, which is the rule book that defines the scoring system for each level of gymnastics. And the code of points is that thing I mentioned several times I'm going to get to. Um, so she, she has the highest all around score ever recorded despite a fall on the uneven bars and an out of bounds pen penalty on the floor exercise. Sure. So in August of 2017, she competed in the 2018 national championships at this competition, she designed and wore a teal leotard that she stated was meant to honor the survivors of Nasser's abuse as a statement of unification. Okay. Um, she placed first in every event over two days of competition, and she's the first woman to do so since Dominique Dawes in 1994, 
who I oh, believe. man, that's a callback. Right. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Dominique Dawes was the first African-American Olympic gymnast, but I might be wrong. I know that she's an incredible woman in history that I also enjoyed reading about, but um, I believe she was the first. Um, so Biles won the all-around title 6.5 points ahead of second-place finisher, and um, the reigning world champion, so the the girl, the woman who'd won in 2017 when she was on hiatus. Um, yes. Dominique Dawes was the first black gymnast to win a gold medal. To win a gold medal, thank first, you. And the first black gymnast to win an individual medal at the Olympics. Thank you. Um, I knew that didn't sound right as it was coming out of my mouth, but then I couldn't fix it. So I was like, well, maybe that was right. So thank you for fixing that for me. <laughs> yeah. um, Dominique Dawes was incredible. Incredible. Was. I, rem- I remember watching her when I was little. Um, so this set a record for the most national all around titles with five gold medals, uh, like five national titles for all around. I mean, okay. um, it also marked her fourth national title on vault. Um, I've already mentioned kind of all of her awards that she's gotten. So I'm not just going to list everything out. Um, But she was also. um, Oh, her 60.1 all around score from the first day of competition was the first score recorded above 60 since her own all around victory at the 2016 Olympics. Sure. So like the only person who can meet Simone Biles is Simone Biles. That's what I tell you. Um, she was named to her seventh national team and was invited to the October selection camp for the world championships. In October, she participated in the camp where she placed first in all around in the vault. Um, she placed second on the uneven bars and balance beam. She also debuted a new vault, a modified Yurchenko. She modified it to be harder, not easier, mm-hmm. which yeah. is known as the Biles vault which holds a 6.4 rating and is tied for the top scoring vault in women's artistic gymnastics. Yep. Um, in late October, the night I told you I was going to talk about the Doha world championships. Here we mm-hmm. go. In late October, the night before the qualification round for world championships, Simone Biles went to an emergency room in Doha, Qatar because of stomach pains. She feared it. She feared it was appendicitis, but it turned out to be a kidney stone. So she checked herself out of the hospital AMA and the next day qualified in the all around vault balance beam and floor exercise finals in first place on all of them. And then second place in the uneven bars. Um, She's like, thanks. Now I have (laughs) to go pass a kidney stone. Have a nice day. Yes. After successfully performing the vault she premiered at the selection camp, it became officially named the Biles because this was an FIG international competition. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. also qualified to the team final in first place. Um, during the team final, she competed in all four events, recording the highest score of any competitor on vault, uneven bars, and floor exercise. And the U.S. won by a margin of 8.76 points. It's the highest margin of victory ever recorded, even including the era of open-ended points at the 2014 World Championships and the 2016 Summer Olympics. So now's where I get into, like, how points are calculated. It's kind of like whose line is it anyway? The points are made up and apparently they don't matter. 
They don't matter. Yeah. So in 2012, the Olympic Games did use a new scoring method that took away the idea of a perfect 10. Um, so why, used, why, why used to, to like, why? right. Used to uh, gymnasts were scored more on their like artistry and the beauty and grace of their moves. Um, and this took that away and instead focused on a gymnast ability to string together technically difficult moves and execute them with technical accuracy. Um, but Which it also that is fine. That part is fine. Right. But there could have been like a middle ground between what they have now and what they used to have. Yeah. Um, but it also added in a bunch of asinine rules. So I mentioned the movie stick it from 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, this rule book actually went into effect in 2008. And so they made this movie about just how shitty these rules are. Things that didn't exist before all of a sudden existed. Like if your bra strap showed when you were throwing a trick, it was a 0.5 point reduction, like a half a point reduction. Cause your bra strap showed, um, if you, if you looked funny deduction, if you were too pretty and too ugly deduction, it just, anything was a deduction. It was ridiculous. Um, but the shift of focus from artistry to technicality meant that gymnasts had to work harder to throw more difficult tricks. And then the governing bodies like the FIG said like, Oh shit, they're all going to hurt themselves. So our gymnasts went out and Americans dominated, like they dominated. So after the Rio Olympics, the new code of points dropped called the 2017 to 2020 code of points, which made um, changes aimed specifically at American gymnasts, like kind of by name. So for instance, there's now a rule that if a gymnast doesn't use both hands on a vault, they will lose points. It just so happens that the only competitive gymnast to have thrown vaults at any major competition one-handed was Michaela Skinner. Um, so it is known as the Skinner deduction. Like gymnastics, gymnasts know this as the Skinner deduction because Mm -hmm. she will use, she used to use one hand when blocking the chain vault, the chain vault. It's beautifully done. Um, when she does it, the committee made her change the way she performed for reasons. Yeah. Um, and then they also made the most difficult vaults worth less points to discourage Simone Biles specifically, who was more of a powerhouse than most of the slimmer and leaner gymnasts she competed against for attempting these tricks. Um, it was also intended to narrow the gap she created by throwing these incredibly difficult tricks and mm-hmm. and she threw them well you know like it's not like she was bumbling them all yeah um, so we're gonna release a new scoring system that deducts points for her being the greatest of all time and then be mad when she doesn't want to compete because we won't let her be the greatest of all time right um Weird. these they also did this to discourage others from risking their safety to emulate simone biles but like as i mentioned no one's ever tried any of the biles techniques that are named after her because right, so no one's ever bec- hurt doing them either right uh because like i don't know gymnasts know their own fucking bodies yeah crazy. um Weird. so I read about these rules for hours. You don't need the knowledge that I have, but don't worry. I did the deep dive for you. Um, So basically each trick has a score assigned to it for difficulty. And then it is mathematically. Yes. Mathematically because the points are made up added to a score 
like added to the score that a gymnast gets for execution out of 10. So should Simone Biles perfectly land a Biles vault with a score of, a difficulty score of 6.4, she would receive a total of 16.4 points for that vault. Um, but the judges never think anyone's perfect. So after deductions, it's incredibly difficult to break a score of 16.0, which as I mentioned before, Simone Biles did at the 2016 Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then the scores of the vaults she used, specifically the vaults that she used were dropped to make the event, like to make it even more difficult. Um, so now back to competitions. I will have more to bitch about in a minute. Yeah. Um, at the 2018 World Championships, she left with gold medals in the team all around, the individual all around, vault and floor exercise, silver on uneven bars, bronze on the balance beam. She took the 2019 Stuttgart World Championships in the team all around, as well as individual all around, vault, balance beam, and floor exercise. At the 2019 World Championships, she also premiered a new trick, two new tricks, sorry. One is a double twisting, double tucked dismount from the balance beam, which is now called the Biles dismount. It's one of the highest rated elements of the balance beam. Um, okay. About this dismount, gymnastics blogger Dave Lease says, quote, the double twisting double on the floor is what Sean Johnson and Jordan Weber did uh, were mounting their floor routines with ending this off the balance beam is truly mind boggling. So to translate this, Sean Johnson and Jordan Weber were Olympic gold medalists in 2008 and 2012 respectively, and were considered two of the best gymnasts in the world of their time. Like Simone Biles, they shined in the floor routine, which showcases a gymnast power and tumbling skills. Quote, Biles has taken their best floor routine move and is performing it on a completely different apparatus, a four inch wide platform. Right. So they took, she took their highest scoring tricks on the floor routine and made them the ending of her balance beam after she's already worn herself out with everything else on the balance beam. Like casual. No big deal. I kind of think gymnastics should be scored a little bit more like, um, figure skating where the second half of the routine points should count more for the harder tricks. Okay. But <laughs> figure skating also has really problematic scoring. Though so. for sure. I'm not saying it's yeah. better. I'm just saying like, that's one thing that I appreciate is like after you're exhausted, really if you can throw a triple anything, like yeah. you get double points for it. And I'm all for that. I just think in no sport should anyone ever be deducted points for being able to do amazing things. Oh, like, absolutely. It's not like they woke up one day and they're like, I'm going to try to do a front flip on the ice. Yeah. No, they worked that and they learned how to do it and we shouldn't deduct points for them being able to do that shit. Yeah. That's insane. Like the, um, the gymnast who, I mean, the figure skater who, when she realized she was going to be disqualified from the event already landed a flip on one skate which was made illegal because it was too dangerous just to prove she could who do it was that i can't remember who it was uh i man i just read about this because i i know exactly and i can like picture it in my head i can see it because i watched it but i can't remember who it is uh surya banali that's yeah yeah um she is a backflip on one skate. It was Back banned up. in 1976. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, Scott Hamilton used to do them all the time. Uh-huh. Like, that was his thing. Like, right. whenever he would be pissed off, he would just go out and do a backflip because he'd get totally DQ'd. Right. Um, so, at the 2019 World Championships, she also debuted the Biles 2 in the floor exercise, which is... <laughs> A backward triple twisting double tuck salto, which are all words that I understand. I actually do understand. I know. A salto is a somersault. (laughs) I got that much. Um, This trick has the highest D score officially in all of artistic gymnastics for men or women. Okay. The world championship win also tied the record for the most titles in one apparatus. Um, which she won for the floor routine. Um, she also surpassed, this is where she passed Vitaly Sherbo's record of 23 medals. Her record's now 25. And then 2020 happened. That's it. We all know we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in May of 2021, Biles competed at the U.S. Classic. She debuted a modified Yurchenko double pike vault, which no woman had ever competed completed before. Her new vault has a preliminary value of 6.6, making it the highest valued vault in women's gymnastics. Dave Lees, the blogger I mentioned earlier, is a licensed gymnastics judge who feels the majority of Biles' tricks are grossly undervalued. He said that he would have increased Uh all scores by two-tenths of a point. Um, And to Simone Biles' credit, she takes this kind of bullying in stride. In the New York Times, she said... Quote, they're both too low and they know it. And this is referring to both Biles vaults. Um, Mm -hmm. But they don't, but they don't want the field to be too far apart. And that's just something that's on them. That's not on me. At the U.S. National Championship, she won her seventh national all-around by 4.7 points, um, as well as first in vault, balance beam, floor, third on uneven bars. And she was automatically accepted to the Olympic team where she was joined by Sunisa Lee, who actually had this a higher second day score than Biles, um, but her first day score didn't even come close. She was also on the team were Grace McCallum and Biles Gymnastics Club, Biles Gymnastics Club teammate Jordan Chiles. Is it Chiles? Chiles? Shields? I think it's Chiles. I think so too. Um, so at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Simone Biles performed the all around during qualifications and helped the team qualify to the final help qualify to team final in second place behind the athletes from Russia. Um, Simone suffered numerous mishaps during the competition. She bounced entirely off the floor, landing one of her tumbling passes. She stepped one foot entirely off the landing mat during her chain vault and took several large stumbles back on her balance beam dismount. Despite these mistakes, she still qualified to the all-around in first place. She also qualified in first place to the vault final, advanced to the floor exercise final, second behind Vanessa Ferrari, and qualified to the balance beam and uneven bar finals. She was the only athlete to qualify to all individual finals. Following her qualifications performance, she stated on Instagram that she was feeling the weight of the world on her shoulders and that she felt affected by the pressure of the gymnastics. Um, and going into the, these Olympics, I read an interview with her where she said she was ready for the Tokyo Olympics, not for them to begin, but for them to be over. 
She said she'd been feeling the weight of the world for a while. And I told Sarah that I was worried for her mental health for like a week leading up to the start of the Olympics. I just, I just know what a depressive episode looks like from a mile away. And I could see it on her. And I felt like there was so much pressure on one person. And especially when the new USA gymnastics coordinator basically said going into this, that his strategy was we have bile, so we can't lose. That was his whole strategy. Dude, you know, so yeah. So during the warmups for the first rotation of the team final, she balked on her Aminar vault mid air. She performed only one and a half twists instead of the expected two and a half twists. She repeated this in the competition um, balking and then performing the one and a half twist of the large lunge and a near fall on the landing. She scored just 13.766 with a difficulty score of five rather than the Aminar's 5.8. So she subsequently left the competition floor. Um, although she returned to the floor a few minutes later and withdrew from the rest of the team competition, citing mental health issues and explaining that she was inspired by female Olympian Naomi Osaka, who had withdrawn from the Wimbledon competition that year for similar reasons. French Open. I, I wrote Wimbledon. That was in the Wikipedia notes. So it's, I know that you looked it up for French Open, but that's where I had Wimbledon stuck in my head is that's what I got from Wikipedia. So no yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so the U.S. team went on to win the silver medal behind the ROC, who should not have been allowed to compete. I will live and die on that hill. Russia was disqualified after uh, the Sochi Olympics. They were supposed to sit out for 10 years, 12 years, something like that. Um, but whatever. So on July 28th, Simone Biles withdrew from the finals of the individual all-around competition, again citing, citing mental health concerns. She said that she experienced the twisties, which is a psychological phenomenon causing a gymnast to lose air awareness while performing twisting elements. As of the writing of these notes, um, I did not know if she'd compete in any of the uh, events at the Olympics. So far she's pulled out of everything, but the balance like beam, not. but it looks like yeah. she probably will not do balance beam as well. Paul from the future here this morning, Simone Biles did compete on the balance beam and brought home bronze. It tied her with Shannon Miller for the most decorated Olympian gymnast from America in history. And we are so proud of her and proud to be able to announce that. Um, how incredible to overcome everything you were fighting. Simone, we love you. So to end it on like a super high note, she was named the Team USA Female Olympic Athlete of the Year in 2015, making her the fourth gymnast to win this honor. In 2016, she was chosen as one of the sponsors of the U.S. Navy aircraft, she, uh, U, uh, the USS Enterprise, alongside swimmer Katie Ledecky. And that's the woman who's allowed to, like, who is asked to give the blessing for the ship when it takes off on its maiden voyage. That's cool. Yeah. Um, they are the first Olympians to be given this honor. In 2016, she won the Glamour Award for the, for the record breaker. In 2016, she was chosen as one of BBC's 100 women. And after the world championships, she was named one of ESPNW's Impact 25 and chosen as Sportswoman of the Year by the Women's Sports Foundation. She was also one of the finalists for Time Magazine's 2016 People of the Year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she was nominated for a 200, 2016 SB award for best female athlete, along mm-hmm. with, uh, Elena Del Don, Katie Ledecky and Brianna Stewart. Stewart wound up winning the award mm-hmm. in 2017. She won the SB award for best female athlete. She is the second gymnast to win this award after Nastia Lukin. Um, in 2017, she won the shorty awards for best in sports. Mm-hmm. And at the 2017 Teen Choice Awards, she won Favorite Female Athlete. Um, she also won Laureus World Sports Award Sportswoman of the Year in 2017. She was given the Gold Plate Award for the American Academy of Achievement. She is named one of the most influential people in the world uh, in a list by Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. In 2018, it was announced that she and other survivors would be, an, I mentioned this, would be awarded the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. In December, she was named the ESPN, the magazine's most dominant athlete of 2018. In February 19th, it was announced that she was Laureus's Sportswoman of the Year for the second time, beating tennis players Simona Help and Angelique Kerber, snowboarder Esther, uh, Esther Ledecka, triathlete Daniela Riff and skier Michaela Schifrin. She was nominated for the 2019 SB award for best female athlete, but lost it to Alex Morgan. <coughs> Excuse me. In November of 2019, she won the people's choice award for the game changer of 2019. And in February, 2020, she was awarded the Laureus Sportswoman of the year for the second comp- consecutive year and the third time, beating out other nominees, Allison Felix, Megan Rapinoe, Michaela Schifrin, Naomi Osaka, and Shellyann Frazier. And then okay. in February 2021, she very publicly criticized ESPN Sports Center for excluding any women athletes in their greatest of all time picture. There you go. And um, Simone Biles. I just spent two and a half hours talking about you and only you, and it was not nearly enough. Um, I sent you that TikTok earlier this week of that girl. I guess she had posted something about Simone Biles, and then the next morning she's just like running down her street, like, Simone Biles follows me on TikTok. Right. And I was like, that's going to be us. That's- like, Simone Biles, if, if you hear this, like, please follow us. Like, you don't even have to, you know. We love you. <laughs> we love you so much, Simone. Um, I love you not only as an athlete, but as a Texan. <laughs> I just, um, yes. Yeah. yeah, you are You are a national treasure and you are a state and treasure. Texas treasure, um, yeah. Did you see the associate attorney general who tweeted that she was like a coward and all this and the texas attorney general called him and said you will lose your goddamn job if you don't apologize right now we don't talk about simone biles and like sprayed him in the nose with a water bottle ken paxton is problematic enough so when he's on the right side of an issue that's a real right that's what i'm saying (laughs) y'all ken paxton like ugh. And so if he is on the right side of an issue, you know that you are on the wrong side. <laughs> You've gone past. That guy's not on the right side of anything. <laughs> you have gone past hell. And so you were bathing with uh, Hitler at this point. Like, don't, don't, don't Have come you. after Simone Biles. <laughs> nope. 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 Um, oh, man. This was fun. This was fun. Um, so 
you know, part of ADHD is like obsession. Like, you know, we get really fixated on things and now the only thing I can talk about is women's gymnastics in a way that's kind of unhealthy. And the other day I was talking to Sarah it's about, Olympics. you can get away with it. Right. Well, it was like the other day I was talking to Sarah about all the stuff I'd learned, especially about the code of points. Cause I was real mad and she just went, well, yeah, cause it's bullshit. Yeah. It's not that she doesn't support my anger and not that like, she doesn't we're gonna agree. We're going to give you points for being too good, but not too good. It was also 1245. AM and she went, I'm going to sleep now. Shut up. (laughs) I was like, I feel your wife being awake that late at night. Well, she only was because of me. (laughs) (laughs) Or like I I said something, I asked a question about another gymnast and she went, I don't know. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) It was very much like I'm that child asking many questions. Oh man. So thank you for letting me obsess over this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a two and a half hour long episode and it's mostly me just, and she got another gold and she got another gold and she got another gold. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Um, so next week, I don't think we know what we're watching yet. Nope. It's going to so, be a surprise to everyone. To all of is. us. <laughs> and then is it the next week that we will be in the same room together? Yeah. Yes. It will be. I don't know what we're watching then either. We got to figure it out right now. (laughs) No, let's go. (laughs) Well, you should follow us and Paul's going to tell you how. Um, You know what? Just follow Simone Biles. Yeah. We'll be there. We'll be in her comment section. Just keep scrolling. But we're at Lifetime Simmons on Instagram. (laughs) At Life Sentence Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence, um, Patreon, Patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence, um, Face, wait, I said Facebook? Find us on TikTok at Lifetime Sentence. I don't know. Um, you can find our website and merch at LifetimeSentence.com. Shoot uh-huh. us an email at podcast at LifetimeSentence.com. Uh-huh. Simone um, Bile, shoot us an email at podcast at LifetimeSentence.com. Yes. <laughs> All oh. right. Oh, Aaron, I told you, and now I will tell our listeners because uh-uh. um, I I put myself out there this week, and I'm probably going to get turned down, but I sent off a manuscript to an agent. Oh, yes. And so uh, I am trying to make things happen. Um, so there's where we are in – I have not been reading because I've been writing – um, and I have not been reading because, because you've been, been moving. Reading. So, um, there's where we are in life, but thanks mm-hmm. for hanging out with us and don't yes. forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. Bye.